Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Roaring D20s podcast. I am your not-so-punctual Dungeon Master, Scott Jones, and today we're doing something a little different, but before I explain it, I'm going to go ahead and have the main cast introduce themselves. Hey, this is Caitlin McKeg playing Caitlin McKeg, and uh, I am ready to uh, do this. I have no witty one-liner today. <laughs> Hey, this is Josh playing Uther, and guess what? I'm tough now. Lies. <laughs> I mean, technically not. He took the tough feet. Still a lie. Tonka tough. It's it's, it's character development. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi guys. I'm Chris, uh, and I'm playing Marcus, and I'm ready to shoot this one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. This is Jesse uh, Bartholomew Sinclair, and my entire life is a one-liner. Oh my god. Tragic. I can see that. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> oh, I'm Jacob, and I'm not actually sure if I'm playing Gork or Bill this time around, so it's one of the two. <laughs> and finally, I would like to introduce our special guest for this one shot, Kim Jones. Would you like to introduce yourself and your character? Hi, everyone. This is Kim. I've been looking forward to this since I uh, won this on your extra live stream, Scott. Yay! I will be, yeah, go Extra Life. I will be playing a character called the Saracen. The Saracen. The Saracen. We'll leave it at that. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. So we know nothing about this character. At least I don't. I'm sure Scott does. But so I don't. not only do the players not know anything about the character, they actually know nothing about the one shot. You may have noticed that they all had crappy one liners today as opposed to their <laughs> usual. Ooh, let's talk about what happened last episode. So this is a one shot that's going to take place post episode 30. So if you're listening to this now, episode 30 will have already been released and you'll know how the Kamani Meadery arc ends. That being said, at the time of recording, episode 26, I believe, just came out on Patreon. On. So we're a little mm-hmm. behind. And since Kim is a listener of the podcast, we're going to do our absolute best not to spoil the ending of the Kamani Meteor arc. I know some Sky. stuff happened. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, none of us ever remember anything anyways, unless it's in our notes. So. You told me you take notes. You believe that? I just, I they just, lie. They're about I Corey level. I have a major level. note here that's a spoiler. <laughs> and maybe don't do any of the major spoiler notes. Um, so that being said, I'm going to go ahead and set the scene for you a little bit. Post the somewhat disastrous events that occurred at the end of the Kamadi Meadery arc, uh, under your new employer, who I will not spoil, you have been given two 10 days to make your way to the coast of Lunea, where you will be boarding a ship towards your next adventure. Ooh. On the way, you've decided to stop back at Zephyr, the capital city of Lunea, and where your party originally got together. Um, you heard through the grapevine that there was going to be a museum opening on the south side of Zephyr that was going to be memorializing the war with Katil. You're not really sure what that means or what's going to occur at said museum. That being said, it has piqued the interest of your party. So we're going to start. You are just leaving your inn for the day. You know that it's about a 20 to 30 minute walk to where the museum is. And as it is opening day, they are offering free entry. So let's begin. Is it a Tuesday? Usually museums are free on Tuesdays. It's a Wednesday because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but also, guys, would they have maybe a special exhibit, you know, highlighting our great accomplishments of uh, saving the princess. This is a memorial for the Cotillion War? Shh, no, there should be a special thing for us. <laughs> okay. I need an entire statue, bronzed, 
of just they, my they, pets. They, they might have one. <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's like a broom closet and they have like a post-it note. It's like, hey, thanks for all your help. One last thing, Jacob, you may choose. All right. Uh, Bill or Gork, whichever you want to be. Let's see here. If you're happy to know it, even as Gork, odds is... Well, we're Gork. <laughs> All right. Gork is back. Gork is back. Perfect. Thank God. Gork, Gork, Gork. Okay. <laughs> so just to remind everybody a little bit about the backstory of the Cotillion War, it went on for a long time when both Lunea and Arcos, the two dominant um, empires in this region and in the continent of Edrigal, were fighting over azurite, a precious substance that was in the city of Cotil. Cotil, tired of being fought over, decided to declare their independence and waged a war on two fronts, which ended in a stalemate and with Cotil declaring its independence. Since then, it has remained relatively quiet, and while 15 years have passed since then, the records and memorials of said war are just kind of dying down. So now is the part where you're going to be seeing relics popping up. People are, are cleaning up the, the debris. Old battlefields are being cleared, etc., etc. Cool. <clears throat> so are we out, like, outside the uh, museum right now? Nope, you are outside of the inn making your way towards the museum in uh, case you would like to discuss anything uh, that isn't a spoiler for episode 30. <laughs> right, right. I'll kind of, Marcus kind of have like a, a smile on his face and he's got a pretty brisk face. He's like, I'm very interested to see this museum. The Cotillion people are very enigmatic, enigmatic, I'm told. Yeah, and I don't really know much about the war in general. I mean, I've heard my like parents discuss it and it's been passed around the dinner table, but I'm not very well read on it, so... It'll be cool to learn more, too. Easy I'm to actually, make a lot of money off of people. I, yes. <laughs> um, that, that is one thing. I'm also kind of curious if we're going to see anything kind of familiar from our uh, little uh, trip that we had. It is Going quite, to Zast. It is quite possible, um, considering the weapon that we found and the nature of the Cotillion War and what they were fighting over. I wouldn't be surprised if we... Found something. However, since it's a museum, I doubt that they're going to have some sort of weapon of great destruction or anything like that housed inside a, a civil building. Well, I mean, they might have that one war-forged finger that uh, Uther took. Who knows? That could be on display. <laughs> Just that same one finger. <laughs> Random finger found alongside of road. <laughs> You'll never believe what happened next. <laughs> yeah, we didn't believe what happened next either. <laughs> right. Marcus kind of like looks up at Gork and like, Gork, have you ever been to a museum before? Gork remembers going to a building where nothing was moving and it was very boring. He believes this is the same place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Gork is wise beyond his years. Gork, is, Gork <laughs> accepts this as fact. Don't worry, Gork. Today we might learn a thing or two. Gork making intelligence save. <laughs> I, was, I was just waiting Saw for it. Coming. Oh, I got a 14. A 14. As upsetting as it is, the prospect of learning things is as many flashbacks as it gives you to your time in school. Immediately thinks of being thrown out a window. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have through your learnings in this past adventure, determined that if Marcus says it's okay to go there, then you probably won't hurt your brain too badly. <laughs> Gork understands. Gork will, Gork. Gork will survive the museum. Gork, just, just think, there, there'll be really 
really massive doors there that you can take a look at. Um, oh no. <laughs> Gork does not have the money to buy more doors. Gork is not impressed by this. <laughs> well, come along then, everyone. Yeah, Caitlin, you have tons of money now, right? <laughs> I'm so loaded, totally not spoiling anything. I am so. I have a plethora of income. A smorgasbord. I, I, so, I, I'm sensing sarcasm. Not sure, <laughs> but. Just a little, little bit, a little, little bit. <laughs> okay, so is there anything else you would like to discuss as you are on your way to the museum? And or is there anywhere else you would like to go on the way? Oh, God, I don't remember what's in this little town. Um, this is the capital city of Lunea. This is not a little town. Never mind. I lied. It is not a little town. <laughs> it's, it's little to her. Little big town. Oh, it's, my God. it's little to Gork. There you go. Everything is little <laughs> to Gork. It's little to Gork. There we go. Yeah. Someone else gets it. Uh, I know there's a certain shop we're not going to be visiting. <laughs> um, it's been a while. It has yeah, it has. So I at mean, this I guess point... I've, it's Go been ahead. probably two to three weeks, and actually you do have to pass that particular weapon shop on your <laughs> way to the museum. And as you look in, you can see that there is a brand new door installed. And in fact, it looks much sturdier than the one that Gork dragged with him the last time he visited. Uh, not oh. only that, but you notice that there are some bars on the windows, and the whole building seems to be a little bit more reinforced than it was previously. Good, they took Gork's <laughs> advice and bought a better door. <laughs> they sure just did. help in the community. Exactly. Gork is, a, you know Gork is a man of the people. <laughs> yeah. You know, Gork, you might want to make sure that door's <clears throat> still sturdy enough for him. Oh, now, now. <laughs> Gork eyes Bartholomew and then eyes Bartholomew's arm. <laughs> Wait, what was that released yet? No. Yes. <laughs> be okay, I'm keep my mouth shut. Uh, Bartholomew, do you think better about what you just tried to do? No. Okay. That's, that's, that's give accurate. me, give me a persuasion check. Gork, give me a charisma save. Oh my god. 19. Oh, I'm sorry, Gork, wisdom save. Wisdom, oh, even better. An eight. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Bartholomew. Uh, yeah, Gork, uh, you know, they've got the bars on the windows. They've got a, a really sturdy looking door. I I don't know. You, you've also gotten stronger, so maybe they're in need of another door, <laughs> an even sturdier door. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Gork, in his, you know, orcish wonder, it's only half an orcish wonder, really, but still, uh, eyes the door, eyes the wood lamination and thinks, is this a challenge? And goes up. The door looks back at you. Which is funny because it has no eyes, but yes. Perfect. <laughs> well, there, are, there, are, there are little eyes in the wood. Oh, there you go. So, so uh, and not. Yeah, I'm gonna see Gork kind of walking towards the door and be like, Gork, Gork, please, not not again. We we don't have the money for this. <laughs> Let's just go to the museum. We're not breaking anything today, Gork. At least not doors. <laughs> There's gonna be better doors elsewhere. Let's just go. <laughs> Gork wonders for a moment, and then he remembers that doors aren't walls, so they're allowed to stand, and, rejo and rejoins the group. <laughs> Gork has passed down the wisdom.
wisdom. Uh, walls <laughs> shall stand, everyone. All decree. Wait, walls no, shall not it's stand. The but opposite. Shall. <laughs> Doors oh may stand, God. walls That's, may not. When we're level twenty, I'm like emperor of the land. This will be a decree. True story. <laughs> I, I think that's the perfect root motto. Doors may stand, walls may not. I mean, we summed it up right there. There you go. Maybe Uther, that should be our group name. Uther, I know, I know you like museums, but I find them very boring. I was just trying to make this day a little more fun, and you had to ruin it. Uh, I don't you think see. emptying our pockets is going to be fun. I'm not paying for another door. <laughs> not if you pay uh, for the door. I I'm paid not for the for door. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I paid for the door. We know Caitlin can't. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not paying for anything. I paid for a lot of destruction from this party with my humility. <laughs> I live to disappoint. You do a very good job. Oh, thank you. Oh, he's, he's living his life. My fullest of inspiration for that burn. Uh, Bartholomew, you get fucked. <laughs> I, I, I look around to see if we're close to the museum now after like pulling no, no, Gork along. standing outside of the shop. No, I'm pulling Gork along. I'm like, I'm trying to hurry this up. That's. I think it was called wait, wait, Daphne's. Wait, 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 I'm just wait, waiting for wait, the woman wait. to come out and just stare us down. Wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uther? Beignet is trying to pull Gork along. He would try. Try. <laughs> All right. Well, um, since uh, since since Jacob has broken the rule of not giving DM ideas, Josh, oh Uther, buddy, pal. Oh dear. Yes. Give me a strength check. I'm gonna use my special dice. Okay. I just imagine him just like barely lifting Gork's arm. It's just like a, like a three-year-old pulling the. Parent. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> I may have a chance. No, I got a negative to strength, so 14. Quirk, <laughs> Uther seems a little bit tougher than the last time you and he, uh, I would say head to head, but it was more like fist to jaw. Correct. Um, <laughs> that being said, he seems a little bit tougher. He comes nowhere close to actually moving you, but the amount that he's trying is a little bit impressive and it distracts you from your, your conquest of the door and or walls. Out of respect, I'll let him pull me along. It's party growth. Yeah, party growth. <laughs> I have this vision vision of Wesley tackling Fezzik and the Princess Bride. Oh, yes. 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 That's fair. That's that's very fair. Exactly. Very accurate. Exactly. Oh, oh. great. Uh, okay, so as you make your way past Daphne's shop and uh, Marcus, and with your sixth sense of the party, you can sense a sigh of relief coming from inside the shop itself. Um, you make your way towards the southern edge of town, and there you find a very large two-story white marble building that you hadn't passed the first time you were here in Zephyr. Uh, based on its construction, you have to assume that it was already made and just wasn't noticeable or that you hadn't made it to this side of the city. Right. Uh, there are no words etched in the marble anywhere, but you can see a long line stretching out of the building, and you would surmise that this is, in fact, the museum. Okay. So I suppose we should get in line. Uh, yeah, I guess guess so. <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> so I guess we should get in line. Yeah, I guess, man. <laughs> Everyone seems real excited today. Or we should, <laughs> I, I think we should use our influence and cut the line. <laughs> but that's just me. Hey, I said we should have an exhibit to us, and that didn't happen. So I don't think we got any influence going on here. It's like, what influence? <laughs> well, we did save the uh, Jewel of Zephyr. 
it's the crown true. jewel of Lunaria, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did. Mm. But I doubt we have entry into the palace, wherever they live. This is a museum, Marcus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Your perception does not fail you very well done. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like a palace. <laughs> So Bartholomew, are you going to try and cut the line? Absolutely. Okay. So Bartholomew, as you make your way around the line itself and up to the entrance of the building, you can see that two security guards are blocking the way, making sure that nobody comes through. Uh, As you walk up, the one on the left raises his hand to stop you. Oh, uh, yes. Hi there. Um, I'm a hero of the city and I've come to inspect the wonderful museum. (laughs) Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. <laughs> disadvantage because you're full of shit. <laughs> 19. Good, good. 18 at disadvantage. 19 at disadvantage. 19 at disadvantage. Even better. Good rolls. Okay. Did anybody go up with Ma- with Bartholomew? No. I'd be hanging out with him. I did not, know. no. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just kind of behind him a bit, though. I was, I'm not brave enough to go up with him and be like, yeah, totally, hero, 100%. <laughs> I'm like that friend that kind of hovers a little bit, like, too far away, but not close enough. I'm feeling kind of personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Bartholomew, as you make your way up towards the guards and as you, as you have this dialogue with them, uh, the one on the left who has his hand held up to you falters for a moment. He looks at you with a, a kind of questioning nod and says, Heroes. Oh yes, we we've saved the uh, the, the crown jewel of uh, Lunea recently. Here's the city you see. He tilts his head a little bit as though he's thinking and doesn't quite understand what you're referring to. But then the guard on the right kind of uh, leans over and whispers in his ear, and uh, the guard on the left nods a little bit and says, "And what was your name?" Uh, Bartholomew. Bartholomew Sinclair. And uh, uh, this woman behind you, is this tiefling, is she with you? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Caitlin? Yeah, that's she's with me. Um, and okay, so as as you kind of talk, the guard on the left is still looking at you very questioningly, but your posture and your words seem to have swayed him. And he says, okay, okay, okay right this way, two of you, right this way. Oh, thank uh, you and so he much, lets you in sir. past the line. Uh, welcome to the Cotillion Memorial Museum. Oh, thank you so I'm much. I'm going to deuces and walk in. <laughs> uh, just a, a, a board of caution. If you see um, a, a big half-orc, there, there's a, there's someone with him. You might want to double-check his inventory before you let him in. Um, he looked a little shady. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I'm going to look back at Bartholomew with, like, what the fuck, bro eyes. <laughs> he wanted to wait. I'll make him wait. <laughs> Uh, I see the reformation of Bartholomew that was hinted at several episodes ago has yeah. failed miserably. Okay, actually, no, it's, it's, it's succeeded wonderfully. It's just that the reformation was not what everybody thought it was going to be. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so the guard will nod his head solemnly and say, thank you, thank you, sir. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Please enjoy Thanks. the museum. And Bartholomew, you can take inspiration, even though you're still a sick fuck. <laughs> I remember what you did him. in 29. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Bartholomew walks up, I'm going to give him a little slug on the shoulder. Oh. Like, what the fuck, bro? Well, look, okay. now we get to enjoy the museum. So now yeah. that you've successfully split the party. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, as the two of you walk in, you can see that there are hallways off to the left, to the center, and to the right. You can see various pictures hanging up on the walls, uh, art pieces depicting several important battles that happened during the Cotillion War. Most of them were actually fought between Lunea and Arcos, as opposed to Cotil itself. It wasn't until the last few years that Cotil emerged and declared its independence, and that's when the War of Azurite actually began. Um, as you ponder where to start, um, a woman walks up to you, elven by the look of her pointed ears, and she says, Hello, and welcome to the museum. Um, my name is Alana. Uh, would you be interested in a tour today? Oh, hello there, Alana. Absolutely. Caitlin, what do you think? We got to some time to kill anyways. We wait for them. I'm just really engrossed in an art piece nearby, like observing painting techniques. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, uh huh. Uh -huh. Huh? Caitlin, make a perception check. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Great. Great first roll. Uh, I guess that's a 10. A 10. Okay, so as you peer closer to the art piece, you don't really get a lot of information on the brush strokes, but you do notice that the art itself is incredibly beautiful. This would be the main piece that's displayed as guests enter the museum, uh, and it depicts a large, empty battlefield. You can see the sun rising over a blue and red tainted tainted land. Um, you recognize mm. the tint with your past endeavors of Azurite weaponry littering the ground, as well as um, bodies just kind of strewn all over the place. And a lone figure stands off on the right, his uh, expression unseen as the sun shines across his face. Wow. Uh, a plaque underneath the painting uh, says that its title is The Bitter End, and it does not mm. list an artist. Wow, this piece is magnificent. Uh, as you are taking a look at said painting, Bartholomew, you are uh, talking to Alana, and she says, um, we will just have to wait for a full tour group. We do have a gentleman here who is already waiting for a tour. Um, and as you turn around, you see a very peculiar looking figure. Kim, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Or uh, describe yourself. Yeah, I, yeah. It, uh, person in front of you looks to be human, about six feet tall. Uh, best way I would describe his features would be Persian, uh, goatee, hair in a ponytail, wearing no visible armor. Um, his travel clothes look sturdy, but they look well-worn. Uh, only thing you could see in terms of arms or armaments is strapped to his right hip, there is a mace. And the only thing that looks to be really well cared for is there's a reasonable metal gleaming shield strapped, you know, near on his back over his pack right now. There's some etching into the shield uh, if you look close enough. Cool. All right, Bartholomew, that is uh, the individual you see in front of you. And Alana motions to this individual stating that he is already waiting for a tour. Oh, oh, hi there. I guess uh, we're waiting buddies, aren't we? <laughs> I'll turn. Oh, well met. I'll extend a hand. Bartholomew Sinclair. <laughs> I'm known as Saracen. Saracen. Oh, nice to meet you. This is uh, Caitlin. Wait, where? Oh, she's looking at a piece of art. Yeah, I'm at another piece of art now. <laughs> That's typical of her, actually. <laughs> That's okay. Um, um, I point to her horns. There's something on her left horn. Uh, the left one, I believe, is Pidge. 
That's the the bird you're referring to, I'm guessing, right? So currently, Pidge and Zazu are not in the museum with you. They've actually been um, MIA for quite some time now, and Caitlin hasn't really taken the time to look for them. That being said, (laughs) what Saracen is referring to would be the little gift that Pidge left. Thank you. uh, Caitlin hasn't noticed yet. (laughs) I want to clean my horn! Yeah, uh, Uh, sure, totally. Oh, I... Caitlin! Is... Caitlin, you, you've got shit on you. <laughs> wow, that's not nice to say, Bartholomew. No, no, your horn. What? I... My horns are shit now? Thanks. I, I was already self-conscious about them this morning, no, okay? They weren't I, looking as pointy. I turned to Bartholomew. I understand the dilemma now. So yeah. <laughs> she, gets, she gets really engrossed in the art. So uh, I see. You know, there's, there's several of the several dozen other patrons that are currently in this waiting area are kind of giving the three of you the side eye. Alana, on the <laughs> other hand, seems relatively unfazed. She's got this <laughs> smile on her face that doesn't seem to go away. It looks mildly strained and mildly forced. Anybody who's watched Avatar, <laughs> think Julie. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking tour guide Barbie from Toy Story. <laughs> That's also. <laughs> Also pretty good. Uh, she's just got that expression as she has her hands crossed in front of her. Uh, meanwhile, on the outside, Gork, Uther, Marcus, you've been waiting in line 10, 15 minutes at this point. And you've moved about halfway through. It's, it's moving much slower than you uh, would have initially anticipated. You did, however, notice that your, your friends managed to make their way into the museum past the line itself. I can't believe that worked. I cannot believe that worked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, you know what? Well, watch this. Uh, I'm gonna pull. Uh, oh no. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pull a trick. Watch Uh-oh. this whole beer. <laughs> and, He's going to do uh, things with his wand again, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm double checking before I say this. <laughs> what are you? What are you trying to do? Hold on. One second. One second. Wait. Wait. Aha, odd odor. And I start casting present digitation and make the most rank smell I can make. And then I start yelling, dude, what the hell? Why why did you fart? And who exactly are you referring to when you say, why the hell did you fart? (laughs) I'm, I'm looking at our brave leader over here. Okay, so it actually creates a stench, does it not? It does. It says okay. uh, odd odor. Okay, so I believe prestidigitation is five foot cube. Uh, it is. La, 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 la. I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. I'm fairly certain it's five foot cube. So regardless up, of ruling, up to one cube foot. Yes. Oh, it's 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 one foot cube. It just says one cube foot. Yeah. Okay. For for like chill, warm flavor, up to one cube foot. So. But the odor has no. Well, odor will travel with wind, you see. Um, That being said, (laughs) since you managed to cast it right on top of your friends, uh, Uther and Marcus and Gork, give me a con save. (laughs) I just wanted to go to the museum. (laughs) I just saw what Gork rolled in (laughs) DD Beyond. (laughs) I rolled a a nat 20. And you, Marcus? 17. Okay, Marcus and Uther. Marcus, I don't think I need to tell you that you're disappointed in Uther. 
Uther, you seem rather pleased with yourself. Um, Gork, you start retching. This is the most disgusting smell you've ever smelled in your entire life, and for all intents and purposes, it's coming from Uther. <laughs> oh, God, cilantro. <laughs> Durian, my, my worst enemy. <laughs> We're gonna spend the entire adventure with this lion, aren't we, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I just Kim, you've I just... listened. You, you've listened to our episodes. Are you really that surprised? Not even a little. <laughs> one shot, line con. Exactly. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Episode one in the line. Episode two with the next winner in the museum on the tour. Right there. <laughs> oh lord. You're thinking oh. it. <laughs> Nope. Nope. We're getting through this museum one way or the other. All right. So, Uther, congratulations. You've made a smell that has only affected your party members. As you look over, Gork is retching. Hey, that might detour some people. Are you okay there, buddy? I didn't think it was that bad. Gork, why did you? Gork is confused. Has Uther died again? Oh. (laughs) Jacob, take inspiration. Oh, my God. So good. That was good. Why did you make us stink? I I thought I would clear the line. I look at the line. Uther. I look back. Roll a d4 for me, please. Oh no. Oh no. The d4s always scare me. <laughs> fitty fitty. I uh I'm afraid to say I got a 3. Of course you did. <laughs> no. So as the wind starts to pick up, the smell is carried perfectly behind you. Oh, no. oh, and as no. more and more people begin to smell this disgusting stench, it's the worst fart they've ever heard. Honestly, they're fairly certain that somebody in your party has sharted at this point. That's just how bad <laughs> the smell is. And more and more people start covering up their nose. And people do begin to leave, but it's not the folks in front of you. It's the folks behind you. <sighs> well, it, um, it half worked. On the wrong half. <laughs> I mean... I put my hands up. <laughs> Does this smell follow me or is it just located here? It's located here and it's sort of blowing backwards. But as the line begins to move forward and it does continue to move forward as you're having this interesting little. I don't necessarily want to call it an altercation unless Gorg wants to punch Uther again, but <laughs> a kerfuffle <laughs> already already solved that problem once. Unless, uh... True, but clearly he hasn't learned anything. <laughs> Gork, Gork may be stupid, but Gork is able to understand that Uther did not try to kill Gork's nose. This is just Uther doing Uther things again. It, it, it was my mistake. I, I'm sorry, buddy. How are you? So at this yes. point, 20 to 25 minutes have passed, and you are a little bit closer to the front of the line. There's maybe a dozen people in front of you. You can now see the two security guards that uh, Bartholomew and Caitlin had passed previously. And you can see that they're eyeing you suspiciously. Marcus, you in particular. Eh? Why are they looking at me like that? Oh, just remember to be friendly, everyone, when we get there. <laughs> so another few minutes pass, and you make your way to the front of the line. Um, a couple of helpful individuals hand you pamphlets, uh, letting you know what exhibits you can find in the museum. At which point, one of the security guards walk up and says, uh, You three, I'm going to need you to come with me. We have reason uh, to believe that you're carrying dangerous armaments. I look at my rapier and I look at them. <coughs> yes. Well, our weapon's not allowed in. 
Uh, it has nothing to do with your weapons. We received a tip that you were carrying something extra. We're just going to need to search you. It's routine. Come with us, please. Um, <laughs> at the, at, at the, tip? At the, the, yeah, at the, the sound of a tip, I'm going to be like, now just out of curiosity, was there a trollish looking bard, you know, brown hair, flapping cape, large fangs? No, not large fangs. <laughs> And as you, as you look at the security guard and say these things, you take a glance behind him and about 30 feet back is Bartholomew laughing his ass off. <laughs> is it perhaps that one over there named Bartholomew, my party member? Um, as he turns around the guard and looks at Bartholomew, he says, oh yes, he's one of the heroes of Lunea. Yes, I know. So am I. So are they. <laughs> Make a persuasion check at disadvantage. Disadvantage oh, because of no. Bartholomew. <laughs> oh, Do I hear any of this? You sure? Do you know them? <laughs> no, no. I was just I, when yeah, he says yeah. party you, member. You Bartholomew. Caitlin doesn't notice because she's off looking at another piece of art. But yep. Bartholomew, you and Saracen, and <laughs> Alana are all watching this happen. So I, I, I look down at Bartholomew and say, "Friends of yours." Yes, definitely. And I chuckle. I got a 10. Oh. <laughs> so as the security guard looks back at Bartholomew once more, he looks at you, rolls his eyes and says, yeah, sure, buddy. Everyone's the hero of Lunea today. Now, will you just come with me for the search, please? Yeah. <laughs> So they take the three of you off into a side room, at which you get a really rather invasive pat down. Um, question for you. We determined that you did purchase the immovable rod, correct? Yes. I'm Who's like, carrying oh, it? It's me. Okay. <laughs> After a very, very thorough search, two items are pulled out of note. One of them would be the wand of magic missiles, and the other would be the immovable rod. And the security guard that has patted you down turns and says, And how do you explain these? I purchased them legally from a shop. What are they? Oh, this is an immovable rod. So the rod itself is designed so that uh, not everyone is familiar with it. It's, it's not necessarily rare, but it's very uncommon. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a guard would not know what that is. What he sees in front of him is a very antique looking item that is displaying a magical property that he can't identify. Just push the button. The guard picks it up and says, oh, no, 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 I've fallen for that before. We will not be having any explosions here at the museum today. I'm going to need to hold on to this for your stay here. Same with this. And he holds up the wand. But, but. Uh, very right. well. If that's what we need to do, I just wanted to enjoy the museum with my friends. Now, quick question for you, Marcus. What other oddities are you carrying on you? Just a lot of daggers. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine he like flips his bag and it's all daggers. <laughs> Oops, all daggers. <laughs> it's like some fucking, it's like some anime where it's like anime girl lifts a skirt and just like an entire arsenal of weapons falls out. I, I, I don't, I don't know how I'm not like, it says that I'm not like over encumbered. But I, I have, that's because we don't play with encumbrance. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I, I also just imagine like the scene from the Matrix where he just opens the coat and there's just <laughs> and there's so, case daggers everywhere. <laughs> I, so, I have I have my rapier. I have a light crossbow, uh, a dagger, dagger one, dagger two, dagger three, dagger four, dagger five, dagger no, dagger five. Another rapier and a short sword. So at this point, 
Weapons are clearly allowed in here. You can see that several folks are armed in the museum. Adventurers passing through is not uncommon, especially here in Zephyr, which is like uh, not a crossroads in the same way that Alcoa was, but definitely a hot spot. However, not everyone is nearly as heavily armed as you. And as the guard continues searching through and pulling out dagger after dagger after dagger after dagger, he looks and he says, sir, what are your intentions here today? Don't I lie to me. I wanted to look at pictures and read plaques and enjoy the day with my friends. <laughs> Make a persuasion check. <laughs> 14. 14. So the guard looks at you and says, I'll tell you what. You hand your weapons over to me. We'll keep them safe here. And when you're ready to leave the museum, you come back here and we'll give them back. This is, and he looks out at the small arsenal that is laid out across the table. <laughs> extreme, even for an adventurer. You, you have to that. be prepared. <laughs> what am I going to do? Arm all your janitors? Our janitors are already armed, sir. Well, perfect. <laughs> I want a receipt for all of this. <laughs> he will actually write you one. May I at least keep my primary weapon? He will He will look at it and he will pick up one dagger and hand it to you. <laughs> this is the smallest one out of all of them. <laughs> Where, very well. <laughs> the noisy cricket, exactly. It does not have quite the boom that the noisy cricket does. I currently right. am using a single dagger. So let's switch back over to the other two. Sarsen, Bartholomew, you watched your friends go into this side room. What are you uh, what are you what are you doing? I, I'm casually giving Bartholomew the uh, you know, side eye. Good or evil? Um Am I good or evil is what you're saying? <laughs> I'm asking Scott, but yes. Oh. So go ahead and give me a religion check. <sighs> You can actually do that. 17, 19. Bartholomew, what's your alignment? Chaotic good. Good is what shows up on your radar. Okay. You're n nothing intense. Just, okay. <laughs> yeah, I get the type. He looks <clears throat> at mentally and says, okay, Barb, got it. Okay. <laughs> I, so I, I see him kind of giving me the up and down and, and kind of thinking, and I, and I go, oh, oh, I... I they're, they're my group of friends. I, I, I've been with them for a while now. Um, they wanted me to come to this really boring museum, and I wanted to make a fun day out of it. Bartholomew, you make a perception check. <laughs> huh? uh, that is a good 19. Gun. 19, a very <laughs> good roll. Uh, when you say very boring museum, Alana's smile becomes that much more strained. <laughs> uh, I, I look back over it. I mean, not boring museum. I haven't gone through the museum yet, so I, I don't really know if it's going to be boring. It might be, but I mean, based on your smile, this is probably not a boring museum. Do, do I your way see, to China do I this way? Jesus. Oh, yeah. They're standing next to you. This is this yeah. is not being hidden from you in any way. So, so I, I reach out and place a hand on her arm and says, you understand that, you know, until he gets to go through the museum, he can't appreciate the efforts and the great culture that you've put together here. I mean, just from the beginning painting and everything, it's absolutely beautiful. Well said, Sarson. I agree. 
I won't even make you roll for it. You can see that Alana calms down pretty much immediately. You you have a very soothing aura about you that very much combats whatever the hell aura Bartholomew has. <laughs> and then what I've done, I turn to Bartholomew and say quietly, it says, I had an old teacher once back in the desert. He had a very interesting saying. You should, you should, you may learn from it. Don't let your bulldog mouth outrun your chihuahua ass. <laughs> <laughs> Learning good, ad- good advice. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Bartholomew should be having flashbacks right now about every time that happened to him. Except every time he's gotten away with it, save Arm. once. <laughs> save once. I'm waiting uh, so- for that episode. <laughs> It'll be even better when you reach it. That's 28? Maybe 27. Yeah, I think it's in two episodes. It's, it's in a couple of episodes. <laughs> That's so- a good one. At this point, but Bo, I'm sorry, and he looks very, very sincere when he speaks to you, Bartholomew. I just, oh. he, he's he's genuinely not putting you down. He's he's trying to help you. Oh well, I do appreciate it. Okay. Okay. So at this point, um, Caitlin, give me another perception check, please. Oh God, damn it! Ugh, I gotta roll the two, so that's a seven. <laughs> seven. Okay. So with the two roll, you actually move on to a different painting that's in the main room. Um, this one is not titled, but there is a plaque over it. Uh, the plaque reads in common, Freedom from Oppression. Give me a history check now, Caitlin. Can I please roll better? That'd be great, thanks. At least these ones don't really matter. Hey, that was way better. Uh, history Eight. 21. 21. You recognize that as a cotillion saying. Um, that was their, that was what was on their standard when they finally declared their independence was freedom from oppression. And it's a very important saying to them. Um, the painting itself is actually rather grotesque. It is a very, very, very well done painting of a warforged. Now, though not necessarily familiar with their history, you are very familiar with what they look like after your little episode on the way to Zast. This Warforged looks a little different than the ones you saw, however. Um, it's standing, arms lowered, sword in one hand. You can see the, the blue glow that indicates that the sword is azurite tipped. However, you can see that its chest has been ripped open by something, and you can see the mechanical parts underneath. And the face is honestly probably the most disturbing part. The face actually looks as though it's that of an elf. Um, fair skin, large pointed ears, flowing blonde hair on half of it. The other half, it's as though somebody took the skin and peeled it back and you can see the mechanical parts underneath. Mm, lovely. <laughs> um, and as you're taking a look at this particular painting, you're getting so close to it with your two perception that you actually bump into it and the whole painting oh. begins to rock. Oh, God. Uh, uh, do we see uh, this? Sure, but you're a little too far away to do anything about it. Got it. I want to, like, try to grab it and stabilize it. Okay, make a dex check. Caitlin oh, causes God. millions of gold and uh, property damage. That's what she needs is debt. <laughs> 20. 20. You do manage to stabilize the, the painting itself, and you notice a few other patrons come up and help you, as well as a, um, 
an individual who's wearing a, a rather smart looking suit and has a name tag on it. Um, the name tag is in. Do you read Dorvish? I don't think so. No, I don't read Dorvish. So you can't actually read the name on the name tag, but you get the impression that this is a museum worker who then grabs you by the shoulder and very gently moves you back away from the painting itself. <laughs> I am so sorry. I did not mean to at all. I will keep my distance. I promise. I'm so sorry. Uh, the man who is actually a lot shorter than you are looks up and just kind of nods, smiles and says, ah, no harm done. No harm done. Just stay a few feet away if you would. Okay, I will. Sorry. <laughs> and he moves off into the crowd. At this point, after that little almost incident and Bartholomew and Saracen's discussion, um, <laughs> Marcus, Uther, and Gork walk out of the room looking a little bit more frazzled than they were a few minutes ago. Marcus in particular. Yes, less encumbered. <laughs> Marcus in particular has a very grumpy expression on his face. Marcus, you notice this immediately. Um, the three of you do spy the rest of your party members, and I am going to presume that you walk up to them. Yes. <laughs> At this point, I'm going to run over and be like, hey, guys, you made it. Like, wow, this place is amazing. Like, I'm already like super enthralled. But yeah, you guys got to take a look around. Yeah. I'm so glad you made it through that line. Me too. I'm having so much fun. The art I just, is impressive. I just look <laughs> at Bartholomew. I, I point at Bartholomew and shake my finger and just like, later. Gork once <laughs> again you... looks at Bartholomew's arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't join me when I walked over there and skipped the line. You could have been here, what, like 30 minutes ago? I feel I, like I've already seen the whole museum. You told them that we had dangerous weaponry on us. Was I lying? No, <laughs> but you did this purposely to stall us. Well, you wanted to wait, so I gave you an opportunity to wait longer. It was a joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I know I'm, I'm trying to be better at this, but I just it, museums are just not my thing, typically. But, but very good museum, though, by the way. So far, I, I really like what's going on here as I look over to uh, to Alana. Alana, who will turn to the rest of you and say, ah, these would be the friends that Bartholomew here had mentioned. Uh, welcome to our museum. My name is Alana. I will be giving you your tour today. Marcus kind of like turns to her and like immediately smiles like, oh, this is, this is exciting. <laughs> Hello, Alana. It's, it's very nice to be on a tour with you today. Thank you very much. And she smiles and her smile doesn't falter it doesn't move it just kind of stays plastered to her face uh, her eyes kind of dart left and right as though why me <laughs> they did uh, take everything they brought all of literally oh. you have the patience of the gods she looks and she says i appreciate that sir let's get the tour started and she uh, briskly moves away from you all of you i do a little clap i'm like yay i, I turn to uh, i turn to Marcus, who, who who paid for the tour i that's a good question. Caitlin, who paid for the tour? It's a Tuesday. Wait, it's a Wednesday. It's free. <laughs> oh, very good. And who is our odd man out here? Oh, oh I actually didn't meet him. Yeah, this is this is Saracen. Yeah, yeah this is my this is my be my friends. And your friends' names are? And he'll extend a hand to each of you. I'm Caitlin. I know I would kind of yell at you from across the room, but hello. Lady. I'm uh, Marcus Wayland. Pleasure to meet you. You're the leader of this group. 
Unfortunately. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'm Uther, Uther Beignet. The pleasure. Gork. And you, my large friend. <laughs> Gork. It suits you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He reaches out a hand and grasps your forearm and says, it suits you. Gork smiles. Not menacingly this time, though. <laughs> <laughs> we have to specify very, that. Very good distinction. Like, ah, oh, very well. All right, let's enjoy this tour together. And, Please. you know, Bartholomew, um, they did confiscate most of my weaponry, but I did save a dagger for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I leave this. Alana, there should be no bloodshed on open. Alana is gone at this point. She's waiting for you down at the end of the yes. hall. She has written you off as a bunch of weirdos. That is not she an accurate statement. most of the people that you yeah, She's not very wrong. perceptive. Very perceptive. So it's um, no bloodshed today. Not, at least not in the opening. Please. Oh, merely a joke. I apologize. So as you make your way past or with Alana she takes you down the right side of the museum and you begin to pass other paintings um, relics from the war uh, you see a lot of most of the relics are of weaponry and tools that were used during the war itself keeping in mind that the war only ended 15 years ago a lot of the weaponry that you're seeing is very similar to what you see today but in particular a few things stand out in the the weapons aspect in the center of one of the large rooms down the right side of the museum, you can see that the, the middle piece has an enormous blue crystal. Um, and as Alana makes her way into the center, she gestures around to the entire room and you can see that the walls are completely covered in weapons of different types. There are There is glass kind of uh, blocking them so you can't actually get to the weapons themselves. And she turns and says, what you see in front of you is a replica of Azurite, the precious metal native to Cotillo, which has a number of uses in modern-day civilization. Uh, they can power our lights, they can power our carriages, uh, and they can power our weapons. During the war, they were mainly used for weapons in the Cotillian army. By infusing steel with Azurite, weapons attained a distinct blue sheen and minor explosive properties. Most of these weapons were destroyed after the war's end and remain illegal in all parts of Lunea. And... Her speech is very much robotic. This is something she's practiced. This is something she's memorized. Uh, and as you look around the room at the weapons themselves, you can see that the azurite that they have in the center of the room is not real. That much is obvious. It's it's definitely, it's not even rock. It seems to be something that has been created specifically for this exhibit and to mimic the properties of azurite. You can see that something is glowing blue underneath the rock itself. Uh, it, it looks to be some sort of spell, but this is not the metal. Uh, along the walls, however, you do see azurite-tipped weaponry. Uh, there is a sword that has the distinct blue sheen that um, everybody except Saracen would be familiar with after your little encounter with the dagger. But more importantly than that, you haven't really seen the effects of the use of azurite-tipped weaponry. You dealt with pieces of it in your initial mission, and you've seen pieces of it in your uh, expedition in the Kamani Metery. But there are some pieces of armor on this wall that look as though they've been blasted to pieces. 
which with the exception of arcane magic, there's not a lot of explosive ordinance in Edrigal. But one of the chest plates that you see, you can all easily recognize as full plate armor. And there is a gigantic hole missing in the side. And even now, you can only assume that this armor was from the end of the war, so is about 15 years old at this point. You can see a distinctive blue glow on the lining. Um, Alana will notice you staring at that particular piece of armor, and she'll say, Note the cracks in the armor itself where the Azurite met the steel and the plate. Um... Metal seems to corrode instantaneously under the effects of Azurite-tipped weaponry. Um, she'll point along other walls where you can see sabers that have been ripped in half. You can see crossbows that look like they exploded. So, you know, uh, in cartoons, when you have a musket that fires and blows back where the metal warps backward, that's what some of these weapons look like. Mm -hmm. So Azurite, very destructive. And she says, before we move on, uh, did anybody have any questions? Are these real weapons here? Um, some, some yes, some yes. Um, we here in Lunea, while there is obviously uh, a ban on the use of any Azurite weaponry, for the purposes of studying and understanding history, we have been given authorization by the Lunean royal family to keep some of these weapons on display. However, I will warn you, and she looks specifically at you, Marcus, we do have a very advanced security system in place here, in case anybody has any funny ideas. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. She I, nods her head. Uh, I also have a question. Uh, uh, yes. I, I noticed the hole on the side of the armor. That's the contact with the metal, correct? Uh, yes, it is. So what happens typically when an Azurite weapon meets with standard steel or standard armor is that you'll get a corrosive effect when it first hits. So you'll find that... Azurite-tipped daggers and Azurite-tipped swords are incredibly useful against heavily armored opponents as the weaponry can slip past all defenses. Um, after the initial corrosion, the metal itself will expand in an explosive sense, and as it hits the flesh, it will do the same thing. Um, we wouldn't want to show anything like that, as we do allow children into this museum, but the effects are rather gruesome. You would find that the hole you see in this armor would be present in its wearer as well. Wow. That's, That's horrifying. Fascinating. How, how, so does the How does one protect themselves against something so devastating? I uh, clearly it's illegal now, but back in in the day, uh, was there a way to protect against it? She looks at you and she gets a bit of a strained expression on her face, and she says, "I and then her voice lowers and she beckons you all forward a little bit and the smile that you've seen on her face drops a little bit. She says, look, folks, I appreciate your curiosity. Please remember that we lost this war. The Lunaean royal family insisted that we have this museum as a, as a memorial to the war and to all of the lives lost and as a remembrance to the lessons that we had to learn. But no, there was no protection. That's why... A small city was able to overcome two large nations. Whew. Incredible. The, the, the Quatillian people were apparently quite resourceful. Resourceful, creative. They were geniuses. They are geniuses. And frankly, well, this was before my time, of course, but we meddled Re more than we should have. Really? She's an elf. Mm -hmm. Before your time? She says, 
I'm not that old. And as you look at her, <laughs> uh, give me a, a an insight check. Okay. We've got a freaking elf teenager here leading this tour. Well, an elf teenager <laughs> could be 70. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah, yeah. An uh, elf baby. 23. 23. So with a 23, as you kind of look at her, you get the impression that she didn't necessarily mean that it was before her time as though she wasn't born yet, but that she wasn't here yet. Oh. oh. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I, I'll just not. Uh, I'll just not. <laughs> okay. Um, I understand the museum to remember the mistakes we have learned, but this seems more like a shrine than an education. What makes you say that? Um, the paintings. As I'm sure you were aware, events both good and bad can inspire artists. We felt it necessary to display such works as well. As horrific as the events were, it did give birth to a number of creative art that we have held here. It has given birth to a number of uh, new policies. It, I mean, it, it, it helped Lunea solidify itself. It helped us end most of our conflict with Arcos. The war was both a blessing and a curse. Hmm hard to see any good, but I do understand the position. You know, now, now, respectfully, of course, um, you said that you lo- the um, that there was experimentation with the, uh, the Azurite that went wry? In what sense? This, oh, you this s- is the DM asking. Oh, oh, she said something about, um, they, exp- they, like, they, they tested it or they played around with the, like, the Azurite and they uh, I can't exactly remember exactly what she said, but she like, said something about, like, um, you know, we found out that Azurite is wildly, you know, unstable and messed with oh, it. And oh, I see what you're saying. The, the, the metal too much part, you mean? That was actually, it was less about experimentation with the metal because mm-hmm. Azurite, the reason that Azurite was so sought after mm-hmm. was not actually because of its explosive properties. It was about its energy storage potential. Right. It turned into explosive properties when it was infused with weaponry. The experimentation was done by both Lunea and Arcos. Just to remind you of a little bit of the world history, mm-hmm. by both Lunea and Arcos when Katil was a city rather than a nation. Oh, right, right. Does that right. answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I look around on the walls. What types of weapons? Anything, you know, axes, maces, swords, or all of the above? For the most part, it's swords and daggers. You actually don't see any axes or maces. Okay, cool. Do I see any familiar looking daggers? <laughs> Make a perception check. <laughs> no, I gotta pry. <laughs> You do not, in fact, see any familiar-looking daggers. Great. <laughs> there we go, then. All right. She says, shall we move on? Please. Marcus nods. All right. So she'll take you down um, an- another hallway, explaining some of the pieces that you see as you go on. And then you make your way into a room um, that, again, has a middle stand, but on the walls are lists and lists of names etched in, etched in stone. And she says, this is our memorial this lists some of the names of the fallen individuals that we lost during the war some of the more major faces as you can see there are quite a few of them 
That being said, not everything that happened with Azurite was bad. Not every, as you were asking, sir, and she points to you, Marcus, um, not every experiment that happened with Azurite went wrong. And she points you towards the middle exhibit, and you can see that it's actually rather small. On top of a stand in a three-pronged holder is a sphere. Um, it's maybe a little bit smaller than the size of a, a standard head, but definitely could still fit in the palm of your hand. And she says, on top of its already potent properties, uh, Azurite served as a strong catalyst for magical energies. Originally inspired in Arcos, the use of Azurite to send messages or store thoughts in a physical container eventually augmented in what, into what you see before you, which is called a paramaginum sphere. <laughs> Seemingly endless flows of information could be stored in these cubes to be accessed at a laser, later time. Unfortunately, neither the Arcosians nor the Cantillians were able to manage the flow of energy, and once the information was extracted from the spheres, uh, the Azurite became unstable and unusable, and would typically melt. Wow, that's fascinating. Caitlin, so, that sounded so sarcastic. No! <laughs> she wants to go wow, back to the paintings. Wow, so cool! This is a sphere cool. of the paintings. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying that... Um, Based upon the fact that this is still intact, this is an unused para... What's he using? That is correct. Paramaginum. Paramaginum. Thank you. The rest of you take notes. <laughs> I did. Para I wrote paramatic parachute. Paramatic parachute. Gork doesn't even understand the word. How is he supposed to take notes for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this is fascinating. Do we have any idea what the contents of this particular sphere have? We do not. We actually don't even have a way to extract them. Why is that? The Arcosians used special technologies when they developed these paramaginum spheres. Uh, it would allow one to connect with, I'm not sure on the entirety of the details, but it would allow one to connect with the sphere itself. Um, however, most Arcosians who attempted to connect to it ended up with severe brain trauma. It was the Cotillians who eventually managed to figure out a way to extract the information successfully using their Warforged. Mm -hmm. oh. oh. I imagine they don't have a brain to have trauma. <laughs> you would be surprised. And in fact, actually, our next exhibit is on the Warforged themselves. Would you like to see? Or were there any other questions about the Paramaginum Sphere? Man, I really hope we don't have a bad acid trip again. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, what? Oh, nothing. A different <laughs> inside joke. Over, you tripped over acid? Did you get burned? Uh, yeah, it's actually <laughs> fully healed already, though. So that's good. 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 Okay. Uh, Scott, I'm following the instinct that sent me here. Am I getting anything? Um... I'll have you give me a religion check for this one. All right. 19 again. 19. There is something, you know that whatever it is you were sent here for is somewhere here in this museum. Okay. There is nothing in particular pinging off of the sphere. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, what's everyone's passive perception? <gasps> Let's see. I have a 15. 13. 11. 13. 13. Oh, but I am 
But I am alert <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm more alert than you, Marcus. <laughs> uh, who had a 15? Was that you, Caitlin? That's me. Um, you notice a couple of things simultaneously. As you are getting ready to exit the room, seeing a, taking a look at the memorial walls around you, you can see that there are other families taking a look at the sphere, taking a look at the writing on the walls. And two things stand out. One, you notice a pair of individuals, both human, who are holding on to one another very tightly, and you can hear the soft sounds of crying coming from them. Uh, a small child wanders away from this couple, who are staring, by the way, at the memorial wall, if I hadn't made that clear, and wanders over to the case containing the sphere and kind of presses his face against it. As that happens, the stand tips ever so slightly, not nearly enough for the sphere itself to fall over, but as it tips you notice a faint blue glow circle it as though if, if you imagine the sphere itself, it's like the blue line went around um, the, the diameter of the sphere or not through, mm. but around. Do you understand what I'm saying, Caitlin? Yeah. Like it, like all of a sudden got a yeah. glow. It, it did then, like the, uh, the, the echo dot, like little. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You have a notification. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Alexa, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> And as you're taking a look at this family and Alana is leading the rest of your tour group out of the room, uh, you bump into an individual. And as you look up at him, he looks and says, oh, I'm, I'm so terribly sorry. And you can see that he's got a nasty scar going down his face. Uh, oh, no, sorry. That was probably my bad. And as he sort of nods and he smiles, you can see that uh, his lips never quite healed from where it split down them. And he's got a fierce... The smile is more like a grimace than anything else, and something just kind of strikes you as off about this particular individual. Mm. But it. no one else notices him, right? Nope. Okay. Only Caitlin. Cool. I'm going to be like, well, uh, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns and makes his way into the room. Uh, as you leave, you make your way to a third very large room, and you get the impression that the museum itself is centered around the three large exhibits that you've been to, or the two that you've been to and the one that you're entering. This one seems dedicated to, as a matter of fact, the Warforged themselves. Um, you can see pieces of robotic parts are scattered across the walls, and in the center, rather than a singular display, is a recreation of uh, what looks like a battlefield. Um, you can see... Uh, fake weapons scattered across the ground and you see two individuals standing back to back uh both of them with metallic parts uh one of them not wearing any armor not wearing any clothing is a rather intimidating looking warforged doesn't have anything in its eyes doesn't give any indication that it's alive but the metal going down its arms uh, are tinged a little bit blue and you can see the face has a slit where the mouth would be and empty sockets where the eyes would be and it's taking an attack pose uh, on the other side you see a similar one, but wearing the face of a human. Um, Caitlin, you immediately recall the picture that you saw when you first entered the museum of uh, the Warforged with a half decimated face. Got it. Uh, and around the room, you can see different body parts um, that look like they could have been attached to Warforged. They look like they could have been used as prosthetics. What's up, Caitlin? No, there is not like, a finger. <laughs> <laughs> The no. finger is not there in the same way that Aww. the dagger is not there. Aww. Uh, and as Alana leads you into the room, she says, these parts are from decommissioned Warforged, a common tool used by Cotille as both frontline soldiers and spies. 
When the fighting reached its peak with the Cotillian army, many a Lunaean fighter was struck down by these terrifying monstrosities. Aside from their tough exterior, they have the uncanny ability to mask themselves as other races. Some Warforged, built specifically for the purpose of infiltration, were able to fully integrate themselves into both Lunaean and Arcosian armies, executing several well-known assassinations. No Warforged have been seen in either country since the end of the war. And then she gets this tone, uh, the, the, the smile in her face, or the smile on her face and the roboticism to her voice drops. And she says, though we're not entirely sure whether they are still here or not. Uh, Marcus is kind of like, his brow furls. Really? Well, you never know. That's a very unsettling fact. <laughs> and at that, Alana smiles and she says, I'm supposed to say that to scare the kids. <laughs> None have been seen here. Uh, I go up behind Marcus and go, beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, Squidward. You're scaring me. <laughs> Stop it, SpongeBob. <laughs> also, real quick, while this is happening, are there any of like, because like there was the guy that helped like took me away from one of the paintings. Is there any like attendants like that around? There are. Okay, I'd like to approach one and just be like, hey, I don't want to, like, cause any alarm, but there was a guy in the previous room that kind of gave me some weird vibes. I didn't know if anyone was watching that room, but I just wanted to give someone a heads up. Um, the man looks down at you and says, uh, weird vibes how? Uh, he just, like, he had an aura about him. Like, I just didn't feel, like, very, like, I, I don't know. He just kind of just gave me a weird feeling and i know that that little memory like sphere is in there so i'm not sure if he's eyeballing that he looks down at you and says thank you very much for alerting us ma'am we'll we'll go and check it out and he walks over to a um, an individual dressed as a guard kind of whispers in his ear and you watch the guard walk back towards the direction towards the perimaginum sphere God, I'm going to be like, I'm going to feel really bad if I'm like a Karen that's what, like, you know, I just. What if this is, what if this guy's just a war veteran? A, yeah, you're going to find he's a decorated war veteran yeah. and hero of the <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm just going off of the, uh, I got weird vibes thing. Okay? Yeah, because what did he do? You ran into him and he said, I'm sorry. So, okay. <laughs> he gave me oh, weird vibes and he apologized. Oh, guards. Oh, guards. He looks so suspicious. Oh, my God. God, please don't. Yeah, yeah, Bartholomew. Meanwhile, the large half orc with the face, he's okay. He's fine. And and you, the short redhead with the big ass horns, no issue. It's fine. No big deal. Speaking of Gork, how are you doing, man? Gork misses the weapon room. Gork does not understand the ball. Gork looks at at the robot people and says, My muscles are better. Gork misses the weapon room. <laughs> Do you actually say that out felt loud like a your muscles are better? Gork should, but Gork thinks better of it. Okay, no, if you do, I'm just going to come back at you. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's having these conversations about robots and stuff, and Gork is like, I could be drinking right now. There are walls. That's, that's just the thought. To be broke. So there are walls. <laughs> <laughs> the, rest is, the rest is imagination. Doors, These walls in particular probably highly secure. 
You say that. You, you want to test that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can take this in a very different direction. I really want some popcorn. I'm sorry. The, fair, the family <laughs> is just trying to have a nice visit to the museum. <laughs> Okay. Marcus, I feel like you're the dad that's like, I'm going to turn this van around if your kids aren't behaving. I feel like I'm the dad that took everyone to Disneyland. He's like, I just want to have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And everything bad keeps happening to him. (laughs) And and you're like my stepdad. That's why I like mess with you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You're not my real dad. (laughs) You're not my real dad. (laughs) That's funny. You're not my real party leader. (laughs) (laughs) Lol. All right. Yeah. What happens next? So, did anybody have any other questions for Alana in this particular room? I was just going to do a quick sketch of a Warforge, and that's about it. Okay. Make a performance check. Actually, not performance, not for art. Make a Dex check, straight Dex. Okay. Uh, twelve. Okay. It's not your best. It's not your worst, but it's not your best. You drew the Buzz Beast better. Well, I'm always better at organic shapes. These things are weirdly mechanical, not really vibing with it. Actually makes up more excuses. (laughs) uh, I I do look around to see if there is a lone finger from a Warforge. That was actually already asked. Uh, There still is not. (laughs) I I wanted to do my own own check. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Give me a perception check, please. (laughs) You know what? Never mind. <laughs> yeah, what'd you, what'd you roll? What'd you roll there, Uther? Mm, no. What'd no, you, what'd you roll, Uther? <laughs> you rolled a no. I, I, I rolled a one. Oh, did you now? So you make your way over to, uh, you can see an area Uh-oh. that has a mix of arms, and the arms themselves are of two different varieties. One of them are sets of arms that are metallic. You can see the blue glow that indicates that they are azurite infused, but they look as though they've been ripped off of something. Uh, you assume that they are from decommissioned Warforged or destroyed Warforged. The others look like they could be prosthetics. And as you kind of go up, one of the hands looks kind of familiar to you. And the finger on it looks kind of familiar. And as you reach out and touch it, I need you to make a deck safe. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. Come on. Come on. There she is. This is going to be better. Good. Let me see. What's my dex? It's a plus one. Twelve. 12. So with a 12, uh, you don't quite get uh, out of the way of the security measure that comes into place when you attempt to touch the the hand. Unlike the weapons, these are not covered in glass casings. Uh, And you take a solid eight points of lightning damage as a spark Ah! goes through your arm. (laughs) I just like to remind everybody listening that Uther specifically said, well, I wanted to do my own check. (laughs) (laughs) He did it. It's true. (laughs) Uh, I, yes, I go like, ow! Okay, I'll, I'll slide the shield down to my arm and turn, and then see what happens and say, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Another great master once said, stupid is as stupid does, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Got two of you so far. Second damage. <laughs> yeah. I feel this is what this episode's going to be. We all need some type of one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's enough great masters for all the rest of y'all, but... You, know. <laughs> you can so reuse point, them. I might have to. A lot of will walk up and she'll put your ha- her hand on your shoulder, Uther, and she's got a bit of a vice grip, and she says, Sir, please, 
do not touch the exhibits. And you I notice learned. at this point, Uther, that there was a, a you know, like the, the red, I don't even, stanchions that, that you typically see in museums that like yeah, block yeah. you from going to the exhibits. You mm-hmm. realize that you walked and tripped over three of them on your way to take a look at this hand that looks so familiar to you. I, I'm sorry, I just, I, I, I got so entranced, but... Um, well, why yeah, don't you no. come back this way, and we can end the tour in, in the gift shop in the cafeteria. <gasps> a gift Ooh. shop? <laughs> gift shop. They might do, have do they have commemorative shirts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, 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 is there is there a shirt that, that's got like an arrow pointing to the left, and it says, I'm with the Warforged? <laughs> <laughs> with the country as that lost the war way, as you make your way towards the center of the museum in the back where you can find that there is a gift shop and a cafeteria you can see that about half the tables are filled people are eating just small snack food um, Bartholomew you immediately make your way into the gift shop and start looking through the shirts and go ahead and give me a perception check that would be Please. incredibly distasteful <laughs> <laughs> Which means it is a chance. <laughs> I'm gonna use my inspiration because I really want to. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's a little better. That's a 13. <laughs> you find a shirt with an arrow pointing that says he's not a real person. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I find my size. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things are fake paramaginum spheres. Uh, you do see a couple of Warforged toy action figures. Uh, you see replica, like, you know, those little wooden swords. There's there's wooden blue tipped swords uh, that are very clearly uh, badly painted. Marcus, I found something for you. What's that? Look at this. And I pick up one of the swords. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus just kind of like gives like kind of like one of those like Kermit the Frog kind of like Muppet like kind of like mm. curl mm. lips. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of when when my friend went to an amusement park and bought really expensive daggers that he thought were the best. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now that's a throwback to a completely different campaign. Which should be referenced at the next one shot. <laughs> True, since the individual who did that is our next special guest. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, that being said, other shirts that you find are, uh, you find a shirt that essentially makes it look like, you know, like those ab shirts? It's like that, <laughs> except mechanical parts. Um, You also find one that says uh, freedom from oppression. Uh, you find one that simply says remember that are all in all different colors. Does anybody want to get anything from the gift shop other than he's not a real person? <laughs> oh, do they have postcards? Uh, you know what? Yeah, of course they have postcards. You know what? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I want to get a postcard if they have the art piece from the they beginning do. or if they have a pack of all of them. I want to buy a pack. Uh, they don't have them. a pack, but they do have ones for both of the art pieces that you in particular looked at. Okay, I will get one of the the first big piece and that's all i want to buy okay Fuck. so that will cost so you shit. three copper pieces um okay bartholomew the shirt will cost you five silver okay Makes i appreciate sense. i appreciate the uh, the history that we learned in this place but all this seems to be frivolous goods um oh alana's not with you anymore yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like saying out loud you know sort of a thing i mean it's it, it's a gift shop Yes, but we don't really need anything from here, do we? <laughs> you watch as Bartholomew puts his new shirt on. Just because it's me, I've got to ask, do they have a coffee mug? 
Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I for, for those who don't know, I collect coffee mugs. I have over 350. So Ooh. will this be my 351st? You know that if I say yes, we're gonna have to custom make one, right? You say that like that's a bad thing. That's fair. Uh okay, yes, there is actually a coffee mug. Um what, it, what is coffee? Coffee oh, exists coffee. in this world. You've drunk coffee. You've drunk yeah, coffee. Yeah, we've had coffee. You have <laughs> all had coffee. Mom Freya's <laughs> second best thing that she makes is an excellent cup of coffee. I remember mm-hmm. the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you do, because it's been a while for me. I'm oh, an avid, rabid fan. I'm sorry. So, yeah. yeah so, Luther was sleeping during that part, I was, I'm sure. Wait a minute. Very likely. I'm sleeping. <laughs> Now you're supposed to get somebody else. You've gotten him I twice. Know, I know. So we need the coffee mug. So okay, you, you much, can find a coffee mug. How much does coffee mug cost me? The coffee mug costs five copper. Okay, is there a place to make a donation to the museum? Absolutely. Okay, Ooh. I will drop five copper and two platinum pieces in the donate pan. Oh. Mr. Moneybags over okay. here. Wow. Okay. Should I introduce okay. you to Caitlin? I, I, <laughs> don't, okay. I, I don't know three what happened during episode 30, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so mm-hmm. Marcus thinks that this is all like, really, like I, like, he, like I said, like frivolous goods, you know, but, but uh, in the mugs, is there one that says number one party leader? <laughs> Oh God! Yes, I will spring for that if it's there. I will spring for that. Oh man! And if there happens to be a drawing make, of Bacchus somewhere, a, I'll customize like, the buck. Just like make a, a just make a perception check. Maybe like this. a maybe like a like a tankard, you know, that's more like travel capable. If you roll, ladies a one, and gentlemen, our new oh, product. I rolled two dice. Hold on. If you roll a one, it's going to say number two party leader. Lol. Uh, I got an 11. <laughs> got an 11. That's you two ones. You see that aside from the coffee mugs that are specifically for pieces of the exhibit, they also have some generic ones like just a Lunean coffee mug, one for the different guilds, and way back in a corner, you find a mug that for some fucking reason says number one party leader. World's okayest party leader right there. No, that's what we get for Uther, world's okayest wizard. Marcus is a very capable party leader. True. Well, now I know what we need to make when we do our uh, first Teespring listings. We're going to make a number one party leader and world's most okayest. Wizard. Don't forget moccasin and cheese. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to do a moccasin and cheese. Oh, we'll just make that like a recipe. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus like is holding this mug in both his hands. He's like, "No, this is, this is ridiculous. I don't need this mug. I don't need this mug." <laughs> I look at Kaylin. I don't need this mug. <laughs> you need this you mug. You need this mug. Um, I'm- as you were all sitting there, the the tour has ended, and as you are getting ready to part ways with your new friend Saracen, you all hear. Hopefully not the burp that I just let out. (laughs) As you are beginning to turn and make your way out, you hear a muffled bang come from somewhere in the museum, followed by several screams. And as the screams continue, they get closer and louder. And you can see people running out of the exhibits and trying to get away. I'm up. What's happening? Um, who are you asking? Uh, anybody running by. Okay, so as as most people are running by, don't even bother to stop. They just keep running, trying to find their way to the exit. Are you going to try and get somebody? Uh, Marcus, go get your gear. 
<laughs> I pull out a dagger. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> pull your fake Azurite tip sword. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I kind of want that for this. Anybody that doesn't seem especially frantic, like I'll understand that there's a lot of civilians, they're not capable of battle situations, but somebody that maybe is worried but seems to kind of have it together, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, as you are running by, you actually notice the family. Well, you wouldn't recognize them. Caitlin, you noticed the family that you had seen before who were in tears at the memorial. Um, you sidle up to... Um, the, the mother who's holding her child very protectively and is looking around fiercely in defense as opposed to in fear. And as you stop her, what do you say? Are, are you okay? T what's happening? Tell us what's going on. Something's happened in the memorial room. There, there was an explosion of some kind. There were there were several armed individuals. I, I don't know what's happening. At, at least one of the guards is dead. Okay, you get out of here. We'll go look into I it. I start running down the hall towards the memorial room. Okay. Gork I mean, smiles and chases after him as well. <laughs> um, so Marcus, let me help you find your equipment. <laughs> uh, he's being serious, by the way. <laughs> no, I figured he was. But Marcus is like, uh, his gears are turning. Is like, is it worth it to try to find the security room and try to get in and like get all that stuff, or should we just go immediately to the the danger sort of a thing? Listen, I can make do with a dagger. Let's just see what's going on. Um, so as you all begin running back towards the memorial room, you pass the room with all of the Warforged. You don't see that anything's changed here. Um, but as you're going, people, instead of walking around the display in the middle, are running straight through it. And you watch as the two Warforged figures are knocked over. Uh, you're all having a very difficult time getting through the crowd, all of whom are trying to run away from you uh, rather than towards whatever is happening. Uh, but eventually, your entire party does manage to make its way to the memorial room. And the sight that you see in front of you is rather gruesome. Uh, you can see that there are seven or eight guards in the room, but only three are standing. Uh, there are five on the ground with various missing limbs, uh, various holes in their bodies that would, in fact, indicate Azurite-tipped weaponry. Um, Caitlin, you immediately recognize one of the guards as the individual that was sent in from the other room. Is he dead? He's very dead. Um, two of the stones that are along the wall that have the names of the lost etched into them have been cracked. One has been toppled over and lays on top of one of the dead guards. And in the center... The Paramaginum Sphere is missing. Is are there any bad guys? Yeah. Nope. But there are two standing guards still, right? Three. Three. Are they looking at anything? Are they like kind of uh, like most of them? Uh, the ones that are standing are still injured. You can see one sports a nice cut right across his cheek that goes mm -hmm. down to his throat, but clearly missed his vital spots. Mm -hmm. um, and as he's clutching that, he's currently trying to prod awake the one that's under the stone, not realizing that he's quite dead. Uh, the others are checking on their fallen comrades. Um, you do also see several unmoving civilians. Which we, of these I, standing individuals looks the most injured? Probably the one that I just described, who is kind of holding his throat. Okay, I, uh, I I go up to him. I'm assuming it's a him. It is. Okay, I go up. To, I go up to him, and I'll lay hands and say, "Tell me what you saw. Tell me what happened." Uh, okay, how much are you healing him for? Uh, how much you need? Uh, how much are you healing him for? I can do up to 20. I'll start doing a point at a time. 
Just give me an, an it's it's not a matter of hit points. It's like you, you you'd have to do a, a longer medicine check. Just how much are you dumping into it? Let's start with five. Okay. Um, as you lay hands on him, um, you watch as, and the rest of you watch as uh, Saracen's hands get a distinct glow to them, and you see the wound across the individual's cheeks start to close. Uh, it hasn't fully closed, but he looks a little bit better, and as he looks up at you, he says, please help him, help me get this stone off of him. I, I look down. You said he was clearly dead. Um, uh, I'll you want me to make the medicine check to come to the same conclusion? It's not a matter of a medicine check. This guard is frantic. He he wants the stone off of him. He's not paying attention to the words that you're saying. Okay. I'll uh I'll help with that. Okay. And I'll make if, sure like with anybody that? else who wants to help, go ahead and make an athletics check. Gork, would you like to move this heavy thing? Gork Gork accepts and rolls a 16 athletics. Okay. I'm going to go around and start checking the civilians and see if anyone is like on the cusp of tipping over or if they're all okay. dead. Caitlin, while I get everyone else's athletics, give me three medicine checks. And I'll be going to the other two guards that you mentioned that were up and, and see if they need any help with anything. Okay. Uh, let's see. Marcus, what was your athletics? <laughs> Five. <laughs> Saracen, what was your athletics? Nineteen. 19. Uh, so with the three of you manage to get your hands under this stone and it takes a little bit of work. You manage to lift it about halfway off the guard when the stone itself cracks in half. Uh, Marcus, you have the, the lower half and it sort of falls down and crushes your hand a little bit. Doesn't deal any damage, but now that the stone is off of him, the other guard can clearly see that... The one under the stone was missing the entirety of his right arm, and the blood is flowing quite, quite freely. No. Um, Saracen, Gork, you managed to get the top half of the stone moved over and set down. Caitlin, what did you get on your medicine checks? I got a nat 20, um, a dirty 20, and a 17. Okay, so let's start with the 17, actually. Um, you wander over to a group of five that were kind of uh, clustered together, and as you look through something has burned them very badly. Now, you had heard a bang in the distance. You're not entirely sure what the cause of the explosion was, but there are char marks as you look around this group and the other groups uh, in the area. The five civilians that you see in front of you are dead. Uh, as you move over to the next section of the room, you see a man who is missing a hand and is just kind of sitting with his back to one of the stones, rocking back and forth. Um, the fire or whatever it was that caused the explosion has cauterized the wound, so he's no in no immediate danger, but uh, he's still very injured. Finally, okay. you hear a little bit of a whimper, and in the corner of a room, you find a small child who, as you take a look at her, for a minute you think that she's fine, her hair has kind of fallen into her face, and you think that she's just scared, but as you get a little closer, she flinches and you see a little bit of a trickle of blood come down her face, and as she looks up, you can see that she's missing her right eye. Ooh. I was gonna make a I'm Star gonna... Wars joke about the hand, but now I feel like that's a mm. bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come up to her and I'll be like, hey, it's okay, it's okay. And Fang goes with me. So I'm like, just, here's here's my good boy. We're going to make it all better, okay? And I start to, like, I take out a handkerchief and a little bit of my water and just try to dab her face a little bit. I am very sorry to be a dick like this, but they would not have let Fang go into the museum. Never mind, no <laughs> Fango then. <laughs> 
I left him at the hotel. Yeah. Okay. You left him in the capable so then- hands of another innkeep. That can't go wrong. <laughs> He's locked in a room. It's okay. Um, so I'm just going to like dab her face Jesse's and like face. try to get the blood away and just try to calm her down. Jesse, did you just dab? Yeah, because she said dab her face. So I. Oh my God. Dab of inspiration. <laughs> you have to work your way back up. Um, okay, so as you sort of dab at her face, she sort of whimpers and, and winces in pain as you do so. Meanwhile, let's move back over to Bartholomew. You said that you were going to talk to the other two guards that were still standing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that one of them is currently dragging the guards that are clearly dead onto one side of the room, um, checking to make sure that they were correct, checking to see if anyone is alive. Um, and the other one, the other guard is just kind of standing, staring at the pedestal, the, the broken glass where the Paramaginum sphere used to be. Uh, I'll, I'll approach that one um, and, and be like, is there any way that we can help? <laughs> that's um, that's what I'm going to do, too. I'm going to approach the one by the gla- broken glass. Okay. Um as the two of you approach, Marcus, you sort of clenching your hand as it got a little bit crushed under the stone. Um, the two of you approach the garden as Bartholomew says, is there anything we can do? He, he looks up at you and he's got this dazed look about them. He almost looks concussed and he says, I don't, they came out of nowhere. They got a warning. There was Ooh. something. He pulled out a, I don't even know what it was. It was a, it was a device. It, it broke through our security system like it was nothing. It, it killed everyone. Just breathe, <laughs> breathe. We, we, we're, we're here to help. Just Why would they do some- that? It's an empty sphere. And he looks over at the group of five civilians and says, what did they do? What did they do to deserve this? <laughs> and at that, he breaks, and instead of that concussed expression, just the tears start flowing freely down his face. I'll put a hand on his shoulder and kind of like, like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, Saracen, what are you doing? Um, I'm right now trying to deal with injuries as we go. The guard, I'm assuming, beneath the stone is dead. I've healed yeah. one. So I'm following in Caitlin's wake to see who needs help that I can help. Okay. Um, Caitlin's cleaning up a bit of the blood, but the girl with the missing eye is going to need some healing. Um, can I restore the eye if I dump all? I didn't think so. You you would need a, rest, uh, a restoration spell. Hang on. Full or lesser? One, one that specifically restores lost limbs. That's full. Yeah. She's, well, technically, I could argue she is blinded. No, I try. Oh, my God. Listen, listen, that's super fucked up. I'll give you inspiration for it, but that's super fucked up. I'll take clever but futile, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't deal with you. Anyway, so, all right, she's going to need some healing. I'm uh, going to lay hands on, you know, for this one as well. Uh, as small as she is, just to stabilize her, I will give her another five points. Okay. Um, as you kind of watch the flow of, it's not even just blood. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into super detail about the viscera that's kind of coming out of her eye socket, but it begins Ooh. to staunch a little bit, and the whimpering goes away, or it doesn't go away. It it goes down in volume a little bit. Um, 
And you get the impression that her crying is now out of fear and shock more than pain. Okay. Uh, I, I look up at Caitlin as I do this, and I'm, I'll throw in whatever I can in terms of persuasion, etc. So it's going to be all right. Pain is going to go away. I just try and relax her oh. as she's going, and I'll lean into Caitlin a little bit so she can't do anything about the eye. Um, the two of you together, since you're both trying to calm her down, go ahead and... Um, which of you wants to do the base persuasion check? I'll give that person advantage for the assist. Um, I'd like to give it a try. That's something I Yeah, can you do. go for yeah. it. And then I'm going to have to stop for a second. Uh, Luna, I think, is acting up. And I'm going to have to let her out. So let me okay. make this So after roll. this oh. after this roll, we'll, we'll take five, since Speaking we don't usually which. record for more than an hour. <laughs> okay, persuasion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay, we'll be persuasive in a minute. So that was a nine and a natural 20. So 26 okay. on the persuasion. So with Sorry. the natural 20... Um, you can see that the girl is is calmed a bit. There's even with a natural twenty, there's nothing that's going to take away the intense fear and and shock that she's feeling, but her breathing steadies and eases a little bit more, um, to the point where you're able to actually stand her up and pass her off to a different guard because at this point another half dozen have entered the room. So as you calm the little girl down you can see that other guards are making their way into the room um, looking around they begin to assist in getting the body sorted out and two of the non-guards but the the folks dressed in the same uniform as the one that caitlin approached and the one that approached caitlin which she almost knocked a painting over <laughs> uh, are coming around and looking at the shattered glass stand in the middle where the paramaginum sphere was standing previously now Marcus and Bartholomew, you were still standing there talking to the guy who was a little bit hysterical. Yeah. So as those two individuals, the uniformed individuals walk in, they'll walk up to the stand and they'll actually look to you two uh, who are not in hysterics and say, what happened? Um, well, see, here's the issue. Uh, we were in the gift shop when all the, the screaming and the, the, the fighting started. Uh, we came in here to assist and try to save anyone we could. Uh, from what your um, associate here told us, uh, somebody in with a great, I look at Bartholomew, a great amount of weaponry, some sort of advanced weaponry burst in. It killed everyone, the single device. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, from what I see here, they, they took the uh, the sphere. They took it? That's That's what I can presume, at least. What would they want with it? It's empty. Are you sure about that? John Cena pops in through the <laughs> As you say that, uh, the man on the left, who is um, a very tall human, looks down at you with calculating eyes and he says, No, I suppose I'm not. And he holds his hand out to you at Marcus and says, My name is Mr. Drusley. I'm the curator of this museum. Uh, I extend my hand and I, I, I. It's not a time for smiles, but I kind of give him like kind of a, a, a curt nod and say, like, Marcus Wayland, at your service. Party leader. I may take you up on that if you are at my service. Uh, obviously, this has been a terrible tragedy, but along with avenging all of the folks who have died here today, we, we need that sphere back. If it contains information of any kind, and if somebody was able to steal it, we, we can't let that fall into wrong hands. The Lunaean government could 
well, I don't even want to think about how they'll react to something like this. And if it's, if they're here, Ooh. he just kind of trails off. If if if, if Katil is here, oh, Marcus, Marcus like does like his eyebrows go up. <laughs> <laughs> you think um, Cotille did this? I think somebody who wanted. I think that if somebody wanted information stored on that Paramaginum sphere, Cotillians would be the only ones who could retrieve it. Hmm. I suppose that, that being would be said, the case. The time for reasoning is beyond us. And he looks around at all the bodies and says, we need to clean up and make sure that families are notified. I would formally like to hire you and I assume these are your companions. Yes. I would formally like to hire you and your companions to bring back that sphere by any means necessary. I do believe that the sphere should be in the right hands. However, they had a device that could cause this much damage in a matter of seconds. I don't know if we were equipped to do this job. I understand. I can increase the price if I can increase your pay if that's if that's the issue. Caitlin's like, yes, please. <laughs> now, Uther, you said, that, you said that you walked up. Was there something that you wanted to say? Oh, me, yes. Uh, well, No, the other Uther. <laughs> yes. Uther. Well, it was just, uh, during that whole conversation, it was going to come in, but it's it's fine. I was just going to come up and say, uh, it sounds like a job for Uther Beignet, or Detective Beignet. See, I Detective Beignet. <laughs> and then all so, of the tension floods the room. A halo I of just... croissants appear over his head. <laughs> what? Oh, what did Uther die again? So, in this case, I'm just going to walk up and I'm going to be like, um, well, I guess we should, uh, since I was over here in the conversation, um, I guess we should get started. Sounds like a job for Detective Beignet. <laughs> Detective Beignet! Marcus rolls his eyes. If I hear this, I'm sorry. You have a bread detective. A bread detective, we call him. <laughs> <laughs> and as the saying goes, it's bread or dead. <laughs> it's bread or dead. Uh, I'm gonna look at the. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who says that? Um, One of his old masters. <laughs> <laughs> and let me guess, he's dead, right? No, he's oh, actually bred. bread. Yeah, he's actually bred. Jesus, where Whoa. did this conversation go? <laughs> um, uh, what was <laughs> so, Marcus? You, you the have, curator's name, uh, Mr. Dressley. Mr. Dress Drusley? D-R-U-S-L-E-Y. All right, museum curator. So, Mr. Dressley has now been given two directly conflicting pieces of information. Marcus, you have said that you're not equipped for this job, to which mm -hmm. he has offered to pay you an increased sum. Mm -hmm. And Detective Beignet was just like, let's do it. So he's kind of looking between the two of you and says, um... Let me make a roll. Everyone loves it when the DM randomly rolls. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And he turns and says, something tells me that within this power structure, you are probably the leader of sorts. And he points to you, Uther. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's what I start doing. I just laughing. No, that's, uh, that's Marcus here. Yeah, Mr. Trustley, if you'll see very clearly, um, Marcus over here, he's the one holding the mug. 
And as you look down, Marcus, you realize that um, <laughs> the mug is a little bit cracked because the stone fell on it. But <laughs> I'm sure we can get you a replacement that says number one party leader. Uh, can I? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize I was still holding this thing. <laughs> and Mr. Dressley will look and say, I understand your apprehension. Whatever device that they used, if they have more of them, could be quite deadly to you as well. How about we alter it then? How about you find where they are? Very can you well. do that? Yes. I will, um, I will, I think that we can do that with the increased fee. Um, as How does 200 gold pieces per person sound? I look Sounds around. good to me. A am I well. hearing any of this? The assumption is being made. Now, Sarsen, in your head, you know that they are assuming you are part of this. Yeah. So. So, but you, am I hearing what Mr. I don't want to step Dressly, in. And, and yes, it, it, this is, as long as you are in a room, there are no additional voices that are overpowering it. Like, it is assumed if they are not trying to hide what is being said that you can hear it. Okay. So, I'll, I'll get up. I've been kneeling by the dead and saying prayers. I'll get up. And as he offers that, uh, I'll, I'll walk up to them and say, you can take my fee and donate it to the families of the dead. And anyone who's watching sees that there's probably a slight tear running down his right eye, out of his right eye. Since you can donate my fee to the families of the dead, I'll help find them. Mr. Dressley nods, says that would be much appreciated. I look down and I'm like, well, now I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I I kind of like whisper to Caitlin, except I'm being a little loud. I'm, You're the one in debt. Good point. <laughs> I turn. What debt are you in? Ah, uh, long story. Well, let's go find the... <laughs> we'll tell you later. He, he, <laughs> tell you later. Actually, he, he looks and says without, and I don't want to force spoilers. How in debt are you? Now, at this point, you hear a voice from the heavens as though your God is talking to you and saying, don't push it. <laughs> How? Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. By the time, if this if this episode comes out, everybody will know what we're referring yeah. to. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it would be Scott and Saracen's nature that if he could pay the debt, he would. You uh, can't. <laughs> Let's that's just what, stop that's it why there. He was you can't. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> it's a good day. All it's good. a good day. I give him a very weary looking thumbs up. <laughs> so, uh, never mind. And I, and I do turn and say to Uther as the party leader, <laughs> says, "We're finding them." Yes. Oh yes, that we can guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Love the look from Marcus. <laughs> One of these days, we again. just we do need to have like the recorded version of this, so you can see whenever Chris zooms in on his camera. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, are, he says we're finding them. Yes. Uh, we. Yeah. Yes, we are definitely finding them. And mm. I turn to you know to to Marcus and says, whether I travel with you or separately. I'm going. So, Marcus kind of like. If you don't want my company, I will accept that. I don't want to force myself upon you, but let's be clear, I'm going. Marcus kind of like looks off to the side, thinks for a second, and then a smile uh, covers his face. Marcus, think uh, about this for a second. Just a, a brief moment longer. 
and you yes. get that 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 feeling from Bartholomew uh, dealing with issues of trust. <laughs> Everyone has trust issues right now. <laughs> I oh, so Bartholomew's like, I don't know about this guy. Um, I I clearly see that you're um a spiritual man, and what happened here today, um. I, I, I can see that you're the type of man that wants to take it upon himself to uh, figure this out. And our group does try to do good for the world. And I think we are going to agree to take this uh, mission upon us. I think that we would be beneficial to work together than, rather than uh, working separately. You seem capable. Um, yes, let's do this. Um, and then I turn back to the curator and I say, uh, maybe we have permission to um, inspect the area, see if perhaps they left any signs as to... Perhaps how they entered, where they might have gone. Well, please do. I'll make sure that the guards give you full access to the museum and all of its facilities. Thank you. And I'll be requiring my arsenal back. <laughs> Your arsenal? I kind of like give a side eye to Bartholomew and said, yes, I carry an extensive amount of weapons for, um, you know, just in case situations. And um, the security team uh, made sure to keep it safe for me. Now he looks around. Very diligent. He, you look around the room, Marcus, mm -hmm. and you find that one of the security guards of the two that was sitting there is just kind of standing in a corner. And as you make this this note, he just starts backing up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I need a perception check from you, Marcus. <laughs> Ten. It's actually enough. It wasn't a hard check. Right. As he's backing up, you notice that his expression is both worried and sad. And you look nearby and you see that the other security guard is one of the ones that is currently dead on the ground. Mm. All right. Off the hook, then. Uh, and as <laughs> as the curator says that you'll require the arsenal, um, the individual say, I'll, 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 I'll get it right, right away, right away. I give him like a firm nod. Thank you very much. A few minutes later, he returns with your arsenal. So, Uther, you have your wand back. Marcus, you have the immovable rod. Your four additional daggers, two rapiers, and crossbow. <laughs> I do like and one of those. Saracen, you watch as this <laughs> horde of weapons is returned. <laughs> I, I, I lean into Bartholomew and say, what's he compensating for? <laughs> I'm just wondering how he's able to hold all that. He doesn't seem to have that many pockets. I kind of like I one of those things where, like, I like slide a dagger left, slide a dagger right, boot, boot, you know, back. And then I lean over to Saracen and Bartholomew, and I'm like, they're his comfort daggers. We don't question, okay? Comfort Little do daggers. you know that there's a name on each of the daggers, one of the party <laughs> members, for whenever they fuck up. <laughs> So now I'm he's sure. gonna get a fifth, is what you're saying, right? Oh, he has five already. He has he has one specifically for a particular NPC, and then he's got one for every party member. Oh man, uh, I'm sure mm -hmm. one of the crossbow bolts says Uther on it, though. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh and my the, the knife labeled Gork is dented because he couldn't get through Gork. Exactly. Skin. Okay. You're gonna need a bigger noise. <laughs> That's not annoying. This, this is, is a knife. That's a spoon. <laughs> oh, you played knifey spoony before. I haven't seen that. <laughs> um, Good reference. When the um, when when the guards that were in the room uh, settled down, I, I looked to the curator. Uh, when they, when when they calmed down a bit, I'd like to talk to them about what they saw. 
um, before we leave. Certainly. Very well. Uh, look to the party. I'll, let's investigate the area. Okay. Uh, I, I approach the curator as we, before we start investigating, and I hand him three platinum pieces and says, for their injuries, take care of them. Uh, he looks down, and he, he looks confused for a moment, but looking at your garb and your shield, he will nod and say, thank you, sir, and he'll take the platinum. So I'm going to approach the group and just be like, all right, guys, so I kind of... I'm a little concerned that I might have witnessed who did this. Really? Really? So I was kind of straggling behind you guys when we were moving between the rooms, and I bumped into this individual that kind of gave me a really weird vibe, and I asked one of the guards to go in and check on him, and that's one of the guards that's dead here now. Um, I don't know for sure if it is him, but he just gave me some weird vibes. He had this crazy scar that went, like, from the top of his head down and basically made it so his mouth wasn't healed right and he just was approaching uh where the sphere was and all the memorial names so so you got a weird vibe because he's scarred no and I says Karen he's just looking at your horns again that's it but, 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 you know, he, he, you know po- he points to your book and says, can you sketch him? Yeah, I want to try to sketch him. Ooh, that's a very good idea, Saracen. All right, give me a history check. Uh, that's a 18. Okay, nice. then with the 18, give me a dex check at advantage for how well you can draw. Oh, buddy. Uh, 21. 21. Nice. What you get Thank is God at advantage because the other was a actual art. <laughs> what you get is a very, very, very well done image of the man himself. You can see uh, he was wearing a hood, but you can see the scraggly bits of hair that were underneath his hood. And you can see the scar that Caitlin was referring to that goes down his mouth. Yeah, he does look pretty suspicious. Yeah, like... I'm not one to judge, but just... But you're the, going to. De- uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but his demeanor just gave me... What did he say to feeling. you? How did you... What did he say to you? I'm sure it was something menacing. Like, <laughs> excuse me? Um, yeah, I bumped into him and he uh-huh. said, excuse me. And what else and did he say? smiled at me, but not so a great So you smile. ran into the scarred man. You yes. with the horns. Yes. The horns meaning demonic blood. Ran into Ew. the scarred human <laughs> who said, excuse me. And uh-huh. you got a bad vibe. But you're not like, judging. I, Correct. I'm, I'm going to like follow up. Like, you might not be wrong, Caitlin, but you, are you suggesting that a scarred individual visiting a warm... Oh. Memorial might I, not have been a veteran. Okay, you guys are putting words in my mouth now. Okay, it just. I, I give her I, the eye, Scott. Is <laughs> look, I wasn't I'm going off of appearance. <laughs> well, Caitlin, I I believe you. That's a waste Thank of a natural you. twenty. But what's her alignment? Caitlin, are you good or evil aligned? I'm good. That's good. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Look, I I am the last to judge. Apparently like not, but that's scars okay. and markings. I'm just saying it was his aura, not his look. His aura. His aura different. I'm a oh, rising oh. Taurus. And, and actually, I he, he latches on to that and says, "Oh, that's a good thing. You you have the gift. The gift. You're of the faith. <laughs> I I don't know about that." But <laughs> you have the shining. Hey, Galen, the, sh- I'm a little the, sh- the shining. Okay, I'm just. <laughs> I don't know how to answer these questions. I'm just telling you guys who I saw and what happened, and I don't want to seem like some Karen that's judging a dude. So just, just saying. Who's Karen? Okay, I don't know. It's just somebody the term we have in Heliconia. That's okay. <laughs> well, you, you, to Caitlin's, to Caitlin's. Um, a benefit. I, if, if there were no incident, I would suggest that perhaps that would be perhaps uh, there would be nothing there. But considering that it was a noteworthy individual and something drastic did happen, it could be that um, somebody, this person, was perhaps less than subtly scouting the area before his uh, companions came in. We don't even know if there were more than one, or it, it could have been him. He could have been carrying a device. Nobody searched him coming in. Maybe they should have. And I mean, the only other people that were there were this couple and a, a kid, and I saw the wife and the kid escape. I mean, I guess it could have been the husband who wasn't scarred, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, there I, were I, other people mm. in the room other than the guards, such as the dead civilians. Yes. Yeah. And it could have it been was somebody. the dead civilians. We've <laughs> solved the case. <laughs> 200 gold, please. Yes. <laughs> and, well, well, let's at least see if anyone recognizes him. Yes. And, um,. Mm. It could have been in somebody that we entirely did, we didn't notice entirely altogether. I think that we should start by evaluating the damage. Um, perhaps see if um, if any of the walls with Gork here can evaluate if the walls were burst in, inwards or outwards. <laughs> to see if he was already here, he entered and burst out, or they bursted in, collected it, and then moved out the same way that they did. Go oh, get him, Gork. Go get that wall. Go get that wall. They went through the rubble. Is the rubble inside the room or outside the room? Yeah, that's what I'm going to like check out. Are you checking out or are you having Gork check it out? Well, I mean, like, I'm going to go with Gork and, like, check out the rubble. All right, Gork. What are you doing to determine how this happened? <laughs> we need Detective Binet, obviously. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Can you hear it? Sorry, I think I, I think I scrolled my fucking volume. volume thing. Yeah, can I get it again? <laughs> they have asked you to look at the walls <laughs> to determine the method of entry and or exit. You being a wall expert, Gork observes the walls. Do any of the walls have holes? Magical DM man. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and give me a perception check at advantage. A wall check. As you are, in fact, an expert of walls. <laughs> Noise. 18 to figure out if walls have holes in them. Mr. Wall DM Man. do, in fact, have hole in them. Rubble on outside. Ah. Gork, Gork proceeds to do wall calculus. Large <laughs> physics in head. <laughs> Gork understands that rubble fall outside because damage came from inside, so point of entry is not that. 
Uh-huh. Gork, what you also get from that, just with your perception check and your ability to discern things about walls, you know <laughs> not only was this smashed through, but a person didn't smash through this. Correct. An object might have. But whereas mm. you could smash through a wall with just your body, this puny individual that was not you and that was probably smaller than you did not smash through the wall. Gork turns to his, to his compatriots who are unwise in the ways of structural components. <laughs> Gork observes that the hole in this wall appears to have been made through unseemly weak-minded means. Heck yes. I raise an eyebrow saying, underestimated him. All right. <laughs> Very good, Gork. Very good. Yes. So it seems like the scarred individual might have been the sole... Um, perpetrator of these events, if not somebody else that we totally um, didn't see. That's never but happened before. <laughs> <laughs> are, are the guards calm down? <laughs> the look I just got. <laughs> I'm sensing that was a closet spoiler, but go on. It wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> not saying anything. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna look around, see if the guards have kind of calmed down so I can maybe start going around and showing them the sketch. Uh, okay. You notice that the ones that were more injured have kind of left the room. Uh, most of the guards that are here were not present at it, except for the one who had the cut down his throat that was healed by Saracen. Okay. I am going to go up to him and just be like, hey, um, I just had a quick question for you. Um, was Does this man look familiar at all? Uh, the, the man looks up and you can see that there are kind of tears streaming down his face. Um, and as he, he looks, you can see that there's still a little bit of blood dripping from his cheek and his throat. He peers at the image and says, yeah, that, that was one of them. Oh, there was more than one. We got a tip that there was a suspicious looking man. My friend here, and he points at the dead guard that you had sent in here, Caitlin. The man that you sent to his death. Hey, uh, don't, don't spin it that way. Caitlin character's already feeling kind of guilty. Uh, and he says, we found him. He seemed polite enough, but he had that cloak on and there were four others, at least. One of them threw something on the ground. There was a loud bang. The security system went off. Everything got a little bit dusty. And when the room cleared, he points at the big hole in the wall. They were gone. I'm, I'm close enough for this conversation to interact, yep. right? Okay. Um, so they're full. Were there any unique identifiers aside from the scarred man's face? They were hooded and cloaked. He was the only one whose face we ever saw. And did the device trigger the uh, the security systems in such a way that they uh, reacted uh, violently? Or was it the device itself that uh, disabled them and additionally ca- caused all the damage? I, I couldn't tell you. Mm. I honestly don't know. And he points around at the burn marks in the area. All I know is that all of the spells and traps that we had on the case around it Whatever broke the case set them all off at the same time. I look at the uh, hole in the wall. Does it lead to another room in the museum or does it lead outside? It's an external wall. Got it. 
I raise an eyebrow and I quickly leave and head to the weapons room. Are the weapons still there or did they steal some of those? Uh, the weapons are all still there. Okay. So the only thing that appears to be missing from at least these two rooms, and we ran past the Warforged room to get here. The Warforged the... room is a bit of a mess because people stampeded through it, but nothing. If something's missing, you're not going to be able to tell. But so the weapons are intact. The only thing that seems to be missing is the Paramaginum Sphere. Paramaginum. Okay, so I'll, I'll come back. Okay. That'll take I, you a couple of minutes because it's a little far away. Cool. Marcus, Caitlin, if you want to continue. Um, and it so this only happened in a matter of 10, 15 seconds. If that. Mm. I look at Caitlin kind of like solemnly, like this is this all happened so fast. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, they knew when, where, and how. They had it all planned out. It might not be so much as um, cotillion people, but it could be thieves that are experts in this kind of thing. Yeah, it could even be war deserters or previous. You never know if someone deserted it or um, maybe were kind of zealots for either continuing the war or were very loyal to one side. There's so many factors we don't know. Well, he might actually be a veteran after all. I'm going to yeah. kind of pipe up here and <laughs> um, join your guys' conversation. And well, uh, and I'm trying to do this without spoilers, by the way. Well, considering <laughs> what we just personally went through, it seems like artifacts are kind of um, popping up and disappearing at the same time. They may be linked. Hmm. It's not the most far-fetched idea I've ever heard. Either way, we'll only find out by... And I motion towards the hole in the wall. <laughs> I guess uh, let's look around, see if they left tracks or anything. Yes. Um, one last thing, curator. Um, okay. the, uh, the, the guard didn't very well know, but um, if somebody was able to set off all of the um, security, security traps for this room... Would that itself perhaps cause this this damage, this ca- catastrophe, or do you believe that based on what you know of the system, um, the device in question both disabled and caused the damage? Um, he, Mister Mister Dressley looks around the room and he says, just based on what I'm seeing here, uh, some of the scorch marks were probably caused by our security system. It's only meant to be if somebody gets actually near the sphere. The glass itself isn't trapped, unlike the walls in the other room. Um, I have to assume that the device itself shattered the glass around the sphere, which would have set off the actual traps. But Okay, I was about to ask how near, because I saw a child press his face into the pillar of it. And I'll look and I'll say, we get that sort of thing all the time. The glass itself is not what's trapped. It's the stand. Got it. Somebody would have to have interacted with it. In order to do that, they would have had to break the glass. And he says, and we didn't cheap out. It's heavily reinforced. It would have taken a hell of a blast to get through it. Very well. So the blast could have um, killed these gods and just set off the traps. Traps themselves are non-lethal. He kind of looks a little bit to the side. Well, they're not supposed to be. They're also not supposed to all go off simultaneously. Very well. Could be a case of both here. And he looks around and he shows you little pinpoints on the walls where you can see scorch marks where you presume lightning would come out the same way that it did when Mm -hmm. Uther 
tripped one of them and he says, right. if you look here, it's supposed to be if someone were to try and take um, pieces of it, if someone were to try to move the stone, if someone were to try and take the weapons in the other room, a singular trap would get set off. A singular okay. one would be non-lethal, but with enough shock, well, anything would die. You know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? It's a very it's the same thing that happens to everything else. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a bad X-Men reference. Oh, <laughs> I caught it. Oh god, I remember that now. I remember that now. Uh, all right, um, let's go investigate the outside and see if there's any tracks. Okay, oh, and let's so proceed with caution. One of the guards mentioned that there was it got a lot like of dust. I'm assuming from just kind of general debris. Um, is there any kind of like dustiness outside of the 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 room that leads out of the hole that that would maybe give a direction of maybe which way they went because they might have been covered in that dust while they they ran out? That's a good question. Go ahead and give me a perception check. A 15. A 15? Um, as you make your way outside and kind of step through the rubble and take a look, you see a couple of generic footprints, but they just kind of lead away from the museum. It's not to give you a, a really good direction. Hmm. Got it. One, as, one last thing. Mm -hmm. um, since the curator is here, I asked Caitlin to show the curator the sketch. You happen to recognize him? Personally, no. That being said, do you mind if I take this? He says, that's a really well done sketch. It would be good to pass around to the local constabulary as well. See if anybody can see him. Yeah, let me try to whip you up a coffee just in case we need one. Okay. Because I can just like trace it. Yeah, the, I, I won't make paper. you do a check for it. The second <laughs> one's not as good, but it, it still will suffice. Okay. Okay. So he will take the copy and thank you profusely. Great. Okay. Well... Well, Saracen, how good are you at tracking? I'm not. Oh, perfect. I mean, I can give it a shot or we can go grab Fango, see if you can pick up a scent. What's a Fango? <laughs> oh, uh, he's my whale dog. I I'm oh. sorry, you're what? Oh, what? Oh, uh, a canid. Oh, 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 okay. okay. Why do you have <laughs> a canid? Cries. Cries. <laughs> cries <laughs> <laughs> um why don't you um go get uh finger i'm i'm going to see if um anybody I'm, I'm going to follow what i can and see if anybody saw anyone suspicious anyone cloaked you know okay i won't go anywhere too far or anything like that i'll just kind of see the the, the approximate the immediate area i'll just meet you in the back of the museum i'll be right back very well we'll meet at the hole Yes. <laughs> Keeping in mind that the trip back to the inn is about a 20-minute trip. Um, it's going to take you a while to get there and back, Caitlin. But in the meantime, uh, Marcus, you said that you were going to look for any kind of trail, see if anybody had seen anything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to join Marcus. Maybe okay. any blue marks or anything like that that have been... Plus one, I'll go with you. Yeah, right. Really? Okay. Um, so, so Marcus. Yes. Um, why don't I take this image... Uh -huh use minor illusion to make a bit make it bigger and just start yelling like who's seen this guy up in the street um Marcus kind of like why don't I make a giant red dragon <laughs> 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 
hard cut flashback. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Oh, and I would have taken the um the the picture of uh, our picture of the the mask yeah, man or the exactly. scarred man, just in case. But I mean, from Caitlin, I mean, before yeah. she left. Um, perhaps we should approach anyone that we see hanging about the area and ask them first. Uh, fine. Walks over. And so before so, we get there, mm-hmm. I had heard that you like. We had looked for footprints, but Marcus, you had said before that you were going to search for things. Like, what are you searching for? Uh, I'm searching blue tinge something. Blue, right? blue tinge. If there's any particular footprints, uh, any damage outside of the um, uh, of the, the the museum. Okay. So Uther, Saracen, Marcus, all give me a perception check. Marcus at advantage. Okay, I want to use my inspiration for this one. <laughs> okay. Sucked. I got a dirty 20. <laughs> eh, that's much better. That's a 22. Okay, nice. nice. Which beats so- a four. <laughs> it does, in fact, beat a four. So, believe it or not, despite the, the difference in roles, Marcus, you're actually the first to spot it. Mm-hmm. As you're kind of looking through the hole in the wall, you see a piece of the marble that's jutting out that looks a bit discolored. But it's not blue that you see. It's mm-hmm. green. And as you get closer, Saracen, about at this point, you notice it as well. It was very difficult to spot. But there's sort of an acrid smell coming off of it. Not so much like acid. It smells almost oily. Uh, not Bartholomew, I'm sorry. Utha, are you able to um, evaluate this if it's magical in, in, in property? Uh, let me take a look. Arcana check. I'm going to use my specialized. <laughs> <laughs> my brand. My brand. My dice fell. Hold on. <clears throat> I've got a scar. You want to know <laughs> how I got these scars? So I got 16 plus 6. That's what? 20, 22. 22. 22. <laughs> What's your intelligence, Uther? Uh, good. <laughs> what's, what's your intelligence, Josh? Good answer. Um, there is absolutely nothing magical about this. So there's nothing magical about this? <laughs> Excellent roleplay. 10 out of 10. You know what, got Uther? Him. Take inspiration. <laughs> Oh my god. Perfect game. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Terrible. No bugs. <laughs> All right. You're going to give me All some. right. Very Inspiration. So this, Woo. this is. Um, this is some interesting. Interesting. So this is a, tra- a traditional, a practical um, device that created this. Um, I'm going to try to see if I know, like, based off of it, like, if it's like some sort of poison or kind of like, uh, you know, like a, a traditional explosive of some sort. Like, do I know, like, can I think back of any kind of explosives that kind of leave green residue? Give me or a maybe... history check at advantage. Right. I don't know why, but I think of the seaweed bombs from um, Avatar, the stinking sinks. The stink oh, right, bombs. Right. <laughs> uh, I got an 11. An 11. Yeah. Check your phone. Okay. Do, 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 do. Mm. Yes, that doesn't help at all. 
<laughs> I wasn't very helpful. No, I actually just sent him a big middle finger emoji. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? That's yeah, our DM. I did. Oh my gosh. All right. Listen. Oh, Chris, your face. Hold I'm on. I'm funny. Hold up. <laughs> There's the zoom in. Gone. Yeah, that wasn't helpful. Okay, yeah, 11. Great. Nothing. Um, hmm. Well, it's something. Let's let's see if we can find any more of this at the very least. Maybe it'll, maybe there's more up ahead. Okay. While so, I have I'm, no skill in tracking, do I find any tracks at all? No. Okay. Cool. Um, you're going to run into the same issue that Bartholomew did. That it's you get a general direction, but that general direction could lead you literally anywhere. I'm um, good. Okay. Um, you search in vain for a little while. Uther, you take some time to conjure up a minor image and see if anyone's seen that individual. Nobody's really giving you any information. After about 35, 40 minutes, Caitlin, you return with Fango in tow. Okay, I'm back, and the room is only just a little damaged, but we're going to gloss over that. All right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real real fast, like, while we're waiting or, like, when she gets here, I'm going to, like, kind of do one of those kind of, like, Batman, like, Robert Downey Jr. kind of, like, okay. Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man? No, Thank I know, you. like, Robert Downey. Okay, <laughs> Batman <laughs> slash, like, I was thinking that. See, 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 here's the thing. Well, no, here's the thing, because Robert Downey Jr., th th as a side note, he does this as characters in multiple movies, like, uh, Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes sort of a thing like he kind of steps by steps it sort of thing right um, so like I'm gonna be like okay I'm in here I'm like retracing steps I'm I'm here at the pedestal uh, I use a device to disable everything throw everything into chaos I take the orb I destroy the wall I run through I'm looking for the first place I can to duck out of sight and so I'm kind of scanning the area and I'm looking for the first place I can to duck out of sight so, given the area that you're in in the southern part of Zephyr, mm -hmm. and given that you're not exactly in, like, a corner area, the museum has been built in a location that is pretty central, there's mm -hmm. not a lot of good places to duck. You think that the best place that they could go to vanish would be into the crowd? Uh, very well. Are there any storm drains or anything like that? Like, man-covered man storm drains no. or anything? No. All right. Well, uh, I'm at a loss. Caitlin, do you think I, I, I'm not sure what the substance is, uh, but do you think Fango might be able to get a scent on it now that you're back here? That we did find this, so we, we, maybe maybe he's got a better nose for for this than, than we do. Yeah, I can see if maybe he can pick up the scent. Maybe if they had more on them, or if they had a backup bomb, backup bomb, or whatever. But yeah, I'll try to get him to sniff, and then I want to look around for any like footprints or tracks as well. Okay, so let's start by you giving me an animal handling check. I'm going to screenshot this finger, by the way, Scott. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm just going to and then I'm going to make that your profile picture. But <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, I got a 22. A 22. So Fanko kind of looks around for a little bit and he sniffs around the entrance and he goes up and he smells you, Saracen, and his back half starts to waggle a little bit. And then he wanders over and he, he as you point towards the fluid that they were talking to, uh, you realize that he's, he's definitely not tall enough to reach. <laughs> okay, I'm going to scoop him. Okay. As you scoop him, he, he reaches his nose forward and you, 
you see Fango taking a big whiff and recoils immediately. I know, I'm sorry, buddy. Can you find more of that? And then he sort of sits down uh, on the ground and he spins around a little bit. And then he walks up to the wall and pees on it. <laughs> I feel like this is like the sixth time you tried to get your untrained yeah. whale dog to do something like I'm trying to train him by doing things. I look at Caitlin who said, can you find more of that when the whale dog's peeing? And says, I think that's no. Yeah, I guess not. Oh, worth a shot. So as he does so, you see it while he's in the middle of peeing on the wall, his nose suddenly goes in the air and he turns around facing towards the center of town and he starts running off in that direction. The pee still definitely trailing behind him. <laughs> oh my God, I just turns imagine those says, pugs when they like, when they put their leg up and they're like running on their front feet while peeing. I'm going to chase. What I'm gonna do you do in your spare him. time that you see those videos? My goodness. No, I, I too am curious about this. Have you? No. Okay, maybe I'm just being targeted on TikTok with cute dog videos. All right, I'm going to chase after my whale dog and be like, all right, guys, let's go. You're what? My cannon. There we go. Uh. <laughs> um, so as all of you begin, I assume the rest of you are following suit. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. it, it takes a couple of you a minute to catch up. Uther, you're still trying to figure out what's going on, um, but you're able to pretty easily follow the trail of pee. Uh, <laughs> right. Eventually, you manage to catch up with Caitlin as she follows Fango. Fango, with ease, making his way through the crowd. Um, and you follow him for a long time. Whatever trail he's picked up, it is something you can't see. It's something you can't smell. It's something none of you are able to discern. But fortunately, the sense of smell on this can is good enough that he seems to have caught on to something. And the, the really good roll helps. Eventually, you make your way out of the main area, out of the market streets, out of the vendor stalls, and into the housing district. And this is kind of like um, the middle class housing. You know, nice, decent sized homes, seems relatively safe. Um, and as Fango weaves his way in between the streets, he starts to slow down a little bit. Uh, finally, he turns, and you can see that. The road ends in a cul-de-sac, and there are several children kind of playing with a, a ball in the middle of the street. And as Fango runs up, you hear a whistling sound, and something sticks into one of the trees outside of one of the houses. And you look, and it's a dagger. At the same time as you're all running, Fango crosses right through the kids and runs up to the house in the middle. But before you can all follow, Uther, you get this sudden, incredibly painful sensation in your head. Ah! Good role play. (laughs) (laughs) As though something something has just activated in the area, something extreme, something arcane, something that only you, with your being a wizard, (laughs) can detect. A wizard senses. His special senses. my, Mm -hmm. my, my, My brain! So His assume, wizard senses are tingling. I assume since I'm ahead of them, I don't think Caitlin would. S- well, I guess with the dagger zooming by my face, potentially. Fango is still running despite the dagger. Okay. Shit. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, shit. I'm. I will cry out and try to recall him as best I can, but I have a feeling he's gonna keep running. Um. So. 
How close are my party members? You are still ahead of them by a good 20 or 30 feet. So you may not okay. have heard Uther. Yeah, what I don't would think you I would have. Uh, I'm going to try to call him and be like, Fango, come back and see if he like comes. And if he doesn't and he just keeps running, I'm going to run after him. Fango is going to keep going because of the initial command that you gave him. However, I will give you an animal handling check to see if you can slow him down. Uh, 13. Yeah, unfortunately, he's he is very much focused on the smell that he's been following. I need to get a leash for that boy. <laughs> um, just slip right so off. then I. I'm going to slowly walk forward. I need you to make a deck save. Uh, 16. 16. 16 is enough to make the save. As you walk forward, Uther, you cry out towards her as you feel this. You you know that something is going wrong near where you are. Caitlin, as you step forward towards the children playing ball, you feel this sense under you, and something underneath the ground explodes. And you take 11 points of fire damage. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> wow. Saracen, give me a wisdom check or an insight check. Insight? Sure. Insight. 19. 19. Given, even given your past, you look around and you see what just happened with the dagger, with Caitlyn, and you realize that you are standing or that Caitlyn is standing in the middle of a just activated minefield. And there are seven children in the middle of it. And that's it for part one of our special guest one-off for Extra Life. Thank you again, Kim Jones, for donating to our Extra Life campaign last year. We super appreciate your support. And tune in, guys, in two weeks for our epic conclusion of our first one-off. See you guys then.